good? What's good? What's good, fans? Thanks for joining Voice of the Fans podcast. It is December 31st. Final podcast of the year, final podcast of the season. Cleveland, you ready to do this? Ready to get down, bro. Great, man. This week we're going to talk about the Raiders' blunders that my Dolphins benefited from. Talk about the Cowboys get a W and near Cleveland Browns. Show they are who we thought they were, huh? As they lose to the Jets. We're going to talk about the NBA, some NBA action in the first week of the season here. As always, we're going to talk about this date or this week in history. And no more final football. Cleveland, you're going to introduce our final football or voice of the fans, fantasy football champion later in the show. Uh, I certainly will give uh, him a shout out. Um, he's always been very meticulous about his uh, his craft, and it, it, it certainly paid off this season. <clears throat> a little, little luck helped him out, too, I'm sure. Um, fans, I want to thank you guys for listening in. However, you listen to the show, wherever you're listening to the show, we are being broadcast on all platforms, podcast platforms, either one that you may listen to Spotify, tuned in. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, just to name a few, iHeartRadio as well, just to name a few. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, we've got a great show in line for you, as I mentioned, the topics. But it's time to do this, Mr. Cleveland. It is December 31, 2020. This year is going to be behind us in here shortly. And hopefully we can see the sunlight on the other on the other end. It's not going to be immediate, but hopefully things get better here in 2021. Believe it or not, it is week nine, 119, as I mentioned last show of season three, last show of 2020. So Cleveland, the number 19. Who wore this number best, or who first comes to your mind when you think of the number 19? You know, I don't like the number 19, Cam, because the person that comes to mind first is Keyshawn Johnson. I don't really know if he's really worthy of this conversation, but for some reason he's the first person that comes to mind. The person that wore it best was obviously the hit machine, Tony Gwynn, down there in San Diego. He wore it the best, you know, the Hall of Famer. But uh, for some reason I just didn't like the fact that Keyshawn came to mind first. Interesting. Okay. I didn't think Keyshawn didn't cross my mind at all. I was thinking about more like guys from Jay Gruner, one of the only Mariners I ever liked or appreciated. Obviously, Johnny Yu, one of the early quarterbacks who flung it all over the field. The Heat King, as you mentioned. And then Lenny Wilkins, player coach, coach for the Seattle Supersonics. Won a championship mm-hmm. with them. Won a championship as a player. I think Lenny Wilkins as a coach. might have outdo uh, Tony Gwynn for that title. Mm. Uh, the number thirty-one with it being December thirty-one. Who do you think of first, or who wore that number best? It's a tough one, Cam. Person I think of first is uh, Reggie Miller. He didn't wear it best, but he had the most memorable appearances in that number. The person that wore it best was Dave Winfield. 
I mean, dude got drafted into three different sports. You know, that's kind of amazing. Super incredible that you're that talented in that many different things. And then I hear that he uh, high jumped a six and high. Wow. Okay. That's kind of crazy, right? But Yeah, he wasn't a small dude. No. But Reggie Miller, I mean, just, you know, his epic battles with the Knicks, man, and just not backing down from Spike, not backing down from Patrick, not backing down from nobody, and just, you know, in my opinion, the clutchest shooter in the history of the NBA. And Reggie Miller. So I'm not – I don't disagree with you, but the best moments, I mean, you would say – I know you don't like to give anybody any credit from the Northwest, but Brent Berry's winning the dunk contest when no white boys was winning it at the time. I mean, that was pretty monumental, wasn't it? It was, with the warm-up jersey on. I mean, took off from the free throw line. He, he had that kind of uh, dexterity and that type of timing and, you know, that type of, you know, leap. That's, that's amazing. But watching uh, Reggie Miller score eight points in six seconds, I mean, I just – I'm not sure I'll ever see anything quite like that. Okay. Well, with the push-off, I mean, you're sure you're including the push-off in the play, right? Oh, wow. Like you include the Jordan push-off, right? I mean, that was a push-off. No, I mean, that was, no, nobody are, we talking, or, are we talking push-offs? Or, or, I mean, those yeah. were push-offs. So no call. They, they, they didn't call it, right? Oh, but I mean, we saw it. That don't mean because they didn't call it. Oh, okay. Well, we, I mean, we saw Jordan push Brian Russell, you know, fifteen feet down the way. Right. Get that clear jumper, but I mean, you know. Again, again. Jordan Knights. Jordan Knights don't like to think that way, but that's fine. I said that they both they both were pushoffs. I said you were including that. That's all I said. They both were pushoffs. Okay. If you if you if you include them both, then yes, they're both pushoffs. I'm good with that. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, what wasn't a push off? I mean, John Gruden probably want to push off this loss that they had last week against the uh, Miami Dolphins. Mm. Um, was that, you know, leading into the later segment? Was that good Dolphins? That Raiders? Was that? Answer that question first, and I got some more questions. I want to break that down a little bit, but answer that question first. Was that good Dolphins or bad Raiders that that game on Saturday night, day after Christmas, oh. couple days after Christmas? What was that? What was that? Without question, it was bad Raiders. Man, they had that game won several times, man, and and couldn't execute, couldn't you know, couldn't follow through, man. It it was it was disappointing, embarrassing. Uh, for that era, he went. He went all the way to sure. embarrassing. It was embarrassing, man. How did they lose that game? Uh, because it was bad coaching, um, bad coaching, bad time management, poor clock management. The clock management was terrible. If you're gonna, he said after the game, he he took the credit for it, and it was all on him. He didn't want to give Fitz the ball back. First of all, rewind, rewind. You and people of your ilk have been talking about Tua Tagovailoa and how he's the next coming for all season long. How do you go seventeen for twenty-two, ninety-four yards through three quarters? 
What did you see? Did you watch the game? Did you watch? I did the watch that game? Huh? I did watch that game. Yes. What did you see as a major issue through three quarters of that football game for the Miami Dolphins? What I saw was a reluctance to uh, let Tua Tagovailoa go and, you know, show off of that arm a little bit. You know, he was very conservative, um, a lot of game management, um, you know, strong running game, strong defense, you know, hit – this person or that person here or there on some crossing routes and, you know, not really uh, letting him win the game, so to speak. So you're blaming the coach. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you're blaming the coach in this situation. I did not. I did. I did not blame the coaching. Maybe it's the personnel. Maybe, you know, we're, you know, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress, Cam. Obviously, because they pulled the dude out because they pulled the dude out. They pulled the dude out when the game was in critical, you know, Junctures, and they go right back with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you know what I'm saying. Back up, back up. Let's let's before this. Let's before. Let's not get there yet. But I'm asking you what you saw through three quarters of that game. The kid, the kid was 17. The kid was 17 for 22, 94 yards in third quarters. And so you're telling me it was they. They did not. When you say they, are you speaking the coaches? Did not weren't calling the proper game for him. Are you, what exactly are you saying? I just want to be clear before I – What I'm saying is they didn't want, in my opinion, they were asking him not to lose the game for them, manage the games to keep them in a position to win. So you're saying this is and coach – And that's, and that's okay. When you say they, when you say they, you're speaking of coaches did not want wanted him to manage the game, did not want him to lose the game. That's what you're saying. As opposed to who, Cam? Of course, I'm talking about the coaches. I, I don't know. I, I just again, I just want to be clear with you, Miss. Uh, well, I mean, well, I mean, who, well, who else? Who else will be making that decision? Yeah, of course. With regards to the coaches. Okay, so the coaches, with their number five draft pick, 16 weeks in the season, are holding back the quarterback. That's what you're telling me. In my opinion, that's what it looked like. They wanted him to manage the game and not cost them the game. Again, I just want not doing him to lose the game. I, I, I just want, I just want to hear. Yeah, you oh, say. oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that out loud. Is that is that what you're I, asking I for? You say that the number five draft pick is being coddled and 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 be careful, Steve Nelson is listening. Like a, and treat it like a game manager. Hey, if Steve Nelson. He he knows he saw the game. He knows exactly what's going on. I don't I, I don't have to do any explaining anymore. I, I the game spoke for itself with the coaches in your in your estimate in your guesstimation what the coaches were doing in a week sixteen game of the NFL season where you have one rookie quarter you have one rookie quarterback setting all kind of rookie records who was drafted one pick after him. You have the other quarter one quarterback drafted before him, although he went out on a, a knee injury earlier in the year, he still was um doing monumental things, putting up monumental numbers for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you're telling me that the second quarterback drafted in the draft and with the number five draft pick, sixteen weeks in the season, is being coddled and treated like he's maybe the third pick of the uh um, 
a third round draft pick, a third round draft pick number twenty nine in the third round. That's what you're telling me. That's what I'm hearing from you. And do I have that much guy that wrong? What I am saying, Cam, is that he has proven to be a serviceable game manager um, with the potential to take it to the next level. However, they do have this magic on their on their roster, so in certain situations, it may be more formidable to to put you know Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game. I'm sorry. How am I jumping ahead? You can jump because I'm asking you about what this number five quarterback, this number five draft pick has been doing for three quarters. That's what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you what uh, about somebody else. You, you keep jumping ahead. Now, since you want to jump ahead, the number five draft pick gets benched for the second time in the season? Is that a good look? Is that a good look? Justify that for me. Justify the number five, justify the number five draft pick getting benched for the second time this season. The second time in what four or five weeks? Justify that one for me, Kim. I don't know. if Bench is the right, uh, you know, vernacular for what it is that you're talking about. I think I think replace in a critical situation that perhaps they thought a different quarterback could you know perform a little bit better and perhaps get them to the playoffs. I don't know. Bench is the right word. Uh, now he don't want to. Now he don't want to say he was benched. He want to say he was replaced, quote unquote. Okay, Cleveland. He was replaced. Come on, stop it. Okay, now, name name for me in your the knowledge you have. All this knowledge you have, all these years of watching NFL football. Name for me a time the number five draft pick. Number five. Just give me. Uh, a high drafted quarterback. His quarterback drafted in the first round was benched or quote unquote replaced for a journeyman quarterback. Help me out. Help me out. I'm with. I'm with. Well, well, well. It just happened with the Washington football team this this previous oh, week. Come on, come on. I mean, you know, they they, they went in total, and told until you know Dwayne Haskins Jr. out of the lineup and went with someone different. You know, thought that perhaps. Given the opportunity, he gave them a better chance to win, and I think that's what the Miami Dolphins were doing. You know, given the you know down and distance and and the situation with the score and and you know field position, they thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick gave them a better chance to uh, win the game. So now you're comparing now you're comparing two attack of Aloha to Dwayne Haskins. That's what you're doing. That's so. That's what the Dolphins have on their hands. You asked me. You asked me to give you another example of when a top five quarterback or a quarterback picked in the top five um, has had this situation happen to them. I was just trying to throw you an example. That's all. Okay. Okay. But that is the comparison that you're making. Okay. So whatever. However, you want to twist it up, Cleveland. That was not a good look. That was not a good look for him to have to be benched. Now, my next question is for – I was trying to get you to st- – I was trying – this is where I was leading you to. I'm going to come out and ask you directly. When you say they, the coaches, wanted him to manage the game properly, were you telling me that they're calling different plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Tua Tagovailoa? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, absolutely. I believe that the uh, playbook is a lot more open with a veteran quarterback yeah. – um, that's seen some things and done some things like a Ryan Fitzpatrick 
adverse mm. to Tua by Lua. Now, of course, he has to go through his growing pains, you know, mm. and, you know, fall and bump his head a little bit. But, my mm. gosh, the Miami Dolphins have an opportunity to make the playoffs for the first time in quite some time, Cam. You know what I'm saying? It's not always about, it's not always about the, the the development of the the future of the franchise. Sometimes it's about the here and the now. Wouldn't you agree? It's not about no. I wouldn't agree with that. It's not the development of the future of the franchise. Absolutely. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So 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 you would rather them so you would rather them have lost the game to the Las Vegas Raiders then. Is that what you're saying? And just give Tua Tagovailoa that that learning curve. You would have rather than actually lost the game. Yeah, a couple of things. A couple, a couple of things to answer your question. If okay. we're if okay. you are saying if you are saying that the coaches are not calling the same, making the same plays, and not calling the same game plan for Tua Tagovailoa as there are for Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's a problem. Number one, because they're saying that they, he can't handle. He can't. He's not ready for the big time, and he can't handle certain situations. That's what, that's on one hand. That's what they're saying. Secondly, for pulling him and pulling him in that situation, yes, the quarterback needs to bump his head. The quarterback needs. I mean, Cleveland, you had a fall and bump your riding a bike. You weren't going to learn how to ride a bike if you if you your pops caught you every time you fell. Every time you started to fall off the bike and he caught you, you weren't going to learn how to ride that ride that bike. You need to feel with that scab on the on the on your wrist, like on the palm of your hand. You need to feel that. You need to feel how that bump in your knee. You need to feel how that felt. Oh shit! I don't want to do that again. Now maybe I can catch keep my balance up. If you don't feel that, you don't know what that feels like. You don't know how to handle that situation. With them pulling him for the second game in in a matter of uh, what? five weeks there. Now, the quarterback has not had the opportunity. So shame on them for not calling the proper plays. That's number one. Shame on them for not calling um, the proper plays for him. Shame on on him for number two, not being ready to perform in that situation. Now, shame on on the coaching staff, number three, for pulling them. Because when does this quarterback get to learn how to fall? If they yank him every time the the water gets muddy, when when does he learn? You know, there's a tidal wave coming. You can't tell. You can't just yank the surfboard, yank him out of the pool when the wave is coming. You gotta let him hit that wave, learn how to go under the wave, and come out on the on the other on, on the other side. Excuse me. He has to, he has to endure that at some point. I understand the, the playoffs is is uh, is on the line, but hell, the playoffs has been on the line all season long. Maybe if he learned this in Denver. Uh, against the Denver Broncos, we're not in a situation where you have to learn this against the Raiders in week in week 16. You know, maybe you learned that in week 10. We, we'd be in a better situ- situation today. So for them to yank him and then put on Ryan Fitzpatrick, now the difference, I I, I, I'm, I don't know. I haven't been – I didn't ask Flo this situation. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Stephen Nelson. Um, from, what I, from what I'm told from Daisy, they, they, they have the same – opportunities to make me play. That's what I'm being told from Daisy at the cabaret. Okay. I didn't talk to Stephen Nelson. He hasn't been able to confirm if they're making actual, if they're calling different plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick than they are Tua Tagovailoa. What What is different about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa is Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. And what we saw on the, on the final play where the final pass of the game were, you know, he's getting his helmet ripped off and he threw the ball up anyway. That's what he does versus, to attack Valoa has to see his receiver wide open. And this is something I questioned. I, I 
Cleveland, if, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I question that pick. I question Tua Tagovailoa. His his his, his uh, fragility is what I question most. But then I said he's he's not going to have the same receiving core that he had in Alabama. He's not going to have these guys running wide open that he has. Oh no, this kid is a, he can throw on the money. He when, whenever you need him to make a big play, he can make the big play. I haven't seen that. Oh wow! So 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 no Judy or C.D. Lamb running routes. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, I said that. I pointed that out. Did I not? Did Cam, I Cam, Cam. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me, let me point this out slightly differently for you. Okay. Okay. Help me out. Help me out. Do Do you bike faster with the training wheels on or with the training wheels off? Do I, Do I what? You, you You go faster with the training wheels off, right? Yeah. On yeah, a bicycle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what they do in the fourth quarter, those Miami Dolphins. They decide, hey, man, we need the guy that can ride with the training wheels off. Do you Come see on, better? Do you, excuse me. I have, I, have a sec, I have a second analogy here now. A second analogy now. Do you, do, you, do you see better? Do you see better if you have the bifocals on? Or if you just have the glasses on for nearsightedness? You see better if you can see everything, right? Which is what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. To what by Lowe is just not there just yet. And that's okay. No, the maturation process okay. is the maturation process, Cam. It's you okay. can't it's rush okay. these things. And, Brian, and in my opinion, Ryan Flores and that coaching staff has seen, okay, this may not be the best situation for this player at this particular time. It's magic. Go in there and do your thing. And he comes in there and he, you know, he sees it feel a little bit differently. That's okay. Fans, 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 I want you to know that this guy. He may not be a Joe Burrow. He may not be a Justin Herbert. You know what I'm saying? But he, he's still, he's still a good quarterback. This guy, hey, fans, this is a guy speaking who has a quarterback who was drafted in the third round. Okay, who survived this opportunity? And this guy was thrusting in the game his first week of his, his first week of his career, thrusting in the game. And I don't believe he's missed a start since he was drafted in the third round. Has, has your guy missed a start since the third, when he was drafted in the third round? Not one start. Not one start, Cameron. Exactly. Not exactly one. My point. Has he been yanked? Has he been yanked from any game that you remember? Has he been pulled or yanked? It's a different it's a different philosophy up here in Seattle. That's not the same that's not the same philosophy. Stop dancing around the topic. Answer the question for me. Has it been yanked, replaced, uh taken out of the game? Russell Wilson Russell Wilson has never been yanked from a game. Russell Wilson has never been yanked from a game. He has never missed a game. He is the consummate professional. And oh, he, most years, MVP candidate. Proving that he can handle the situation that's put in front of him, right? Even though he that is correct, yes. Game, even though even though he had a um, um, awesome uh, uh, running game and awesome defense to play behind to get into the rhythm of the game in week fifteen, a uh, week sixteen of his rookie year, I guarantee you, rookie uh, Russell Wilson was. Oh, he was in there. Oh no, he was in there. He was our, he was our guy. He was our guy. He was in there. He was in there to the end. Be in the game. That's the point I'm making. Never a question. Never a question if they're going to pull him or not. That's the point I'm making. Never a question. This guy drafted drafted with the third with the fifth draft pick of the league is was not a good pick. 
He's had, oh, but Cam, he's just not there yet. Give him some time. Why are you? Why? Why are you rushing the process? It takes Cam. It takes some quarterbacks more than a season. Give him some time. Oh my goodness! Oh, so you want you want me to wait now until he has uh, Cam? Cam, that's Cam, that's Steve, that's Steve, that's Stephen in the line. What do you want me to tell him? I want you. You don't, you don't want to give him a number. Give him the number. I want to. I want to talk to Stephen. Give him. A, give me his number. Are you done with Tua? Are you are you done with Tua? That's 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 what he texted me. Are you done with Tua? Yes or no? Oh, oh, he's asking me. Yeah, we done with Tua has. Can can Tua win win a game when it counts? Can Tua win a game and get us in the playoffs? That's what I want to know. Cam, are you done? Cam, are you done with Tua? Cam, are you he done with Tua? Week, he has another week to to show me he deserves to be on the team. Oh, so oh, so he's got a he's got a seven day leash for or a four day leash for got, you. Oh, okay. He got he has another okay, week. Okay, well, he has another week. I will I will let Steve Nelson know. It depends on how he does on Sunday. Is that is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Against, cool, the, cool. against the division leaders, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just hit send. Just hit send. So you're good. You're good. Okay. Steve I understands. I'm no, I'm no good. So, so we went on a, a tangent, Cleveland, that you, you're trying to dance around the subject. You, you, Cleveland, I, I know you're playing devil's advocate. I know, I know what you're doing over there. I know what you're doing over there. But I just want you to get in on record that you are dancing around the topic of whether this guy is the answer or not. I mean, I am not, I am not, I, that was not the question that was asked to me. That was the question I asked to you. I, no one asked me that question. Well, are you done with Tua? How about that? Am I are done you, with Tua? I was, are you, are you, if you're the Miami Dolphins, are you looking hey, at, uh, as, as, looking as, at as far as Tua is for me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For me, as far as Tua Tagovailoa is concerned, I wish him the best. We will see what the future unfolds for him. That that is that is such that is so. Fake. I have no I have no vested interest in whether he becomes a top tier quarterback or not. That Unlike is, yourself, I didn't, ask you had, I didn't have, ask you if you had vested interest. I said, "Are you done with Tua? If you're if you're the brass of the Miami Dolphins, are you looking?" At no, him? I'm not. I'm not done with him. Of course not. No. He played like seven games. Of course I'm not done with him just yet. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So let's move Mitchell on. Trubisky lasted, what, four years over there in Chicago? Good grief, Cam. Give him a break. Oh, my God. Your Dolphins might not make the playoffs this year, but, I mean, you know, so what? They're building for the future. I can't do right now. <laughs> okay. I actually want you to see this shit. <laughs> Brian, Brian Florian, does he deserve Coach of the Year for his willingness to bench to us? Hell no. The Coach of the Year is uh, Mike Tomlin, and you know this. Yeah. Mike Tomlin? Yeah. Well, they went on a three-game losing streak. Sure did. They right of that ship against a very good Indianapolis Colts team, put it on them when they needed to, and came back from the brink of death. Mike Tomlin, man. Wow. Those guys didn't even make a playoff last year. 
is John Gruden's um, is his job in jeopardy? Is he on a warm seat? Not not the hot seat. This is warm. Is the seat warm? No. Fourth year of his it's lukewarm. It's lukewarm because it obviously no. Actually, you know, it's not even. It's not even warm. They haven't had a chance to to roll out the Raiders in Las Vegas to Las Vegas yet. What do you mean? They opened up the brand new stadium this year. Nice new stadium too. To who? To who? Open up to who? Well, uh, they know it's yeah. Las Vegas. Open up to the media anyway. Okay. Well, great. Yeah, so opening the state, opening the new stadium up to the media and not having a winning season, no. His seat's not hot. Okay, okay. Um, Good Jets or bad Browns? I think I know where you're going to go here. You know where I'm going, man. Good Jets, man. How'd they come out with that victory? Like, back-to-back wins? There are some teams in the NFC East that do not have back-to-back wins. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to them when everyone thought that they were, you know, could get, you know, run over by Clemson. Yeah, they came back and beat some teams and punched and punch the Cleveland Browns in their face. After the way the Seahawks did them, I mean, everybody thought that they were dead, but no. They came back and boom, boom. And they, 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 they played so well, they don't even have an opportunity to have the number one pick in the draft anymore. Good win for the Jets. Yeah, hard. Oh boy! Now, 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 all of a sudden, playing tough is is important this late in the year, huh? It is important for you to be able to play tough. Just a minute ago. Well, I mean, tough. it depends on what your priorities are. If you already have a quarterback, you know, as as capable as Sam Darnold, maybe quarterback is not you know your number one priority. I don't know. I don't know, Cam. It, it depends. It's situational. Oh boy, this guy. Uh, good, good Steelers, bad Colts. You you decided about you how Tom was bad Colts. Good lord, how they lose that game? <laughs> bad Colts. Phillip? There's no way they lost that game. Philip Rivers. That's how they lost that game. Uh, good Cowboys. Bad Eagles. Good Cowboys. Jalen Hurts is uh you know still in the learning curve and you know how we always talk about that film camp. The film is getting a little bit more extensive, and they understand a little bit more. So, good win for the Cowboys, staying in the hunt, staying in the conversation. I wouldn't say a bad I mean, loss least, for the Eagles. Yeah, bad loss for the Eagles. At least they're, they're at least they're coaching is letting the quarterback, the young quarterback, put the ball in the air, opposed to you know from what you're telling me, they don't even let two throw the ball deep. I think it's a I think it's a factor of uh, I didn't. Give you my, um, my hey, hey, Cam. Tua's not ready. Give him time. Give him time. Why are you rushing Tua so much? Man, cut, cut it out, man. Cut it out. All this, all this, you guys talked about tank for Tua for two seasons. This is the best project coming out of uh, coming out of college. Now you, you keep now, and he's and and he's going to get there. Who said? Who said right away? Cam, take your time, man. You know, Come rush. On, cut it out. You know, stop trying cut to rush into it, time. man. You don't need time to throw the ball to your receivers. You don't need time. Cleveland. Perhaps you guys will make the playoffs next year. Okay? 2021 is right around the corner. I had this conversation earlier today at the the Chargers press room about Patrick Mahomes and what what I was saying 
the year, the, his uh, Alex Smith's final year as a uh, chief quarterback. When are they going to put him in the game? When are they going to put When are they going to put Patrick Mahomes in the game? You can only go so far with Alex Smith. He he, he put a cap. Alex Smith put a cap on the Chiefs' season and opportunities. That's what, from what I've seen, Tua puts a cap on the Dolphins' opportunities. He's playing so timid, he doesn't want to go deep. Now, we had five or six years of Alex Smith throwing uh, Captain Checkdown, throwing these out routes and these uh, five-yard routes. We had five or six years, so we saw that that was not changing. Tua, what we're seeing is unless it's wide open, he's not he's not putting the ball in the air. And what that's causing, that's causing sacks. That's causing the receivers not to be open or not to get open when they're actually open. You have to learn how to throw the receiver open. And that's what he hasn't learned. Oh, Ken, thank you, thank you so much. Re- rewind that. Rewind that. Like you do. What do you say? You have to learn that. He's been used to playing with wide receivers that break wide open. They don't break wide open in the pros. Man, give him some time, man. Stop being so hard on Tua. Softer hand, man. Take him on some walks, man. Take him on some walks and show him what nature looks like so that he can enhance his mind and understand how the game really unfolds. I mean, Kansas on the sixth time. Cleveland doesn't believe what he's saying, fans. I I do want you guys to know this. If if you can see his face, you can see this – this grin from ear to ear right now that he's having on there trying to kind of calm me down because he doesn't believe in fans, fans, there, fans, there's no grin. Don't, don't, don't listen to Cam. All that I am saying is, Hey, you have, you have a potential franchise quarterback in your hands right now. Okay. Don't do the Tannehill thing, man. Don't slap him around. Don't make him feel unappreciated. Let him evolve and grow and mature at his own pace. At his own pace, Camp. At his own pace. Not the pace that you want for him. At his own pace. No, no, we don't. We don't have years. You're be patient, Camp. Camp, Camp. Be patient. You're number five draft pick, bro. When the guy drafted after you is throwing thirty touchdowns a season, and you're on. Don't 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 put a draft pick number on it, Cam. Russell Wilson was a third round pick. For crying out loud, he was the number nine. You know what? It's not always about the number that you were picked at. It's about how you mature. You know what I'm saying? It's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Led to a maturate at his own pace. Don't push him like that. Text me at what's good in sports. On Twitter, if I should ban Cleveland from talking about dual, can don't can don't push him like that. I oh, hold on, I just got to text with Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Steve said, Cam, don't. If you want to be on the squad, don't push him like that. Give him his time. <laughs> Emoji. You know what? You know what? Emoji. <laughs> Emoji. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't push him like that. Don't don't push him like that, Cam. I'm 
might have to find another guest host because this guy here, he's just going off the deep end right now. He, he's just going off the deep end. Oh, my. What, what happened to your boy Ryan Tannehill against the Packers? Answer that question for me. Um, adverse weather conditions. You know that they play in uh, Nashville. Oh, oh yeah. It's getting get cold in Nashville. It was cooler, um, and he just wasn't, you know, ready to uh, adapt and adjust. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league, so I mean, that's what happened to him. I'm, I'm hoping you're not trying to blame the whole loss on Ryan Tannehill. Well, no, he, he's just the leader of the team. I wasn't saying – he. I wasn't saying it's all on him, but he leads the Titans. Somehow he's become the leader of the Titans, and, and all, obviously, or you've become the leader of his fan club. So I'm asking you, what happened? To you? I, I was I was going to ask an inappropriate question, but I'll just I'll just skip it and leave it for later. Never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's going to come at some point. It's going to come at some point, and that might be oh, the, yeah, the last. And you, and you, the, pro- the last and you probably know the inappropriate. And you probably know the inappropriate question I was just about to ask, huh? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The Seahawks, the Seahawks and Rams. Poor Rams. Poor Rams. Poor Jared Goff. I mean, what happened to Jared Goff? He gets to the Super Bowl, and it's been all downhill since then. You know, Cam, I, I will ask you the same question. Did you watch the whole Seahawks game? Actually, I did not. I, to, to be honest with you, I watched a lot of the game. I was uh, I was covering the, watching the Charger game, their game versus uh, the 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 the, the Broncos. So I, I watched a lot of the game. I had any fair enough. Fair enough. Fair 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 enough. It was a a duel, a defensive battle, which was somewhat unexpected given the way the Seahawks defense had played, you know, all season. Um, it was back and forth, and you know the the Rams. Honestly, they were they were carving up the Seahawks defense. They just weren't allowing any points, only field goals. Jared Goff, you know, breaks his thumb, hitting somebody's helmet. Um, it's all bad from there. But uh, yeah, you know, they just don't have the personnel. I mean, you know, without Todd Gurley doing what Todd Gurley does, they're a completely different team, right? Without their running game producing, yes, there are different times. No, 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 no. Oh, see, see, now you're doing that Mike Shanahan thing on me. Don't do the Mike Shanahan thing on me. That's not what I said. What is it? I said without Todd. I said without Todd Gurley type production. That dude was two thousand yards good three years uh, ago. Uh, and that's when they were good. Catching and receiving. The two thousand yards from scrimmage. From scrimmage. Yards from scrimmage. Excuse me. Um, yeah, but so, hey, man, like sixteen hundred and like six hundred receiving. I mean, come on, man. Todd Gurley numbers. And, well, it's that it's that it's that plug and play mentality, and I keep telling you about it. It doesn't work in the NFL. No, let, let me tell you what happened to the Rams. You, you, started you can two, do. It started, it started I'm, sorry, two years. I'm sorry. Please enlighten me. Enlighten me. It, I'm gonna tell you what. It, it started two years ago when they let Roger Southall go to the Tennessee Titans. What's the Tennessee Titans have done in, in the last two years? Just the last two years. What have, what have they done? Predominantly, um, let me help you out, Cleveland. They led the league in rushing the last two years, okay? Roger Southall leaving the Rams going to Tennessee. Uh, the other, the center, that was the right guard for the 
that was the right guard for the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. Todd Gurley, when Todd Gurley had a lot of production, uh, those 2,000-yard seasons, to the year of the Super Bowl, the year prior to the Super Bowl, say Roger Saffold was their right guard. The at center was John Sullivan. Um, I forget the left guard's name, but the left guard, left guard and the center, they had 15 years of NFL experience between them. They replaced them with two rookies. So that's why they fell off last year. Those guys supposedly were better this season, and the, they're just not as good as the the veterans that was in the game. So quick story short, that's what happened, and maybe that's the, actually what's wrong with Jared Goff. Maybe that's the same thing that happened to Jared Goff because they were excellent off the, off the play action when they can give it to Gurley, and Gurley might sprint up the line for 8 to 12 yards a, a, a clip. Now they're getting, what, 2 to 4 yards a clip? And so – the running game isn't as deadly. And so when golf tried to do the uh, play action pass, everybody's sitting on the receivers and they're like to run those crossing routes there, but the defenders can sit back eight to 10 yards for those crossing routes. And they're not worried about the run as much because Todd Gurley or somebody producing like Todd Gurley is not back there. That's what happened to the Rams. See, you see what I'm saying, Cam? That's exactly what I was talking about. Exactly how I started this segment. Todd Gurley or somebody like Todd Gurley? No, man. Todd Gurley. You remember CJ? I'm I'm a little bit older, Camp. So let me me take it back to you for a minute. Remember when CJ 2K like could not be stopped, man? And like how like potent that offense was. It's like, damn, we gotta stop CJ 2K. Before we do hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. What did those guys do? Did they ever? Did they make a playoff run? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying oh. is you're doing okay. that plug and play thing. C.J. Henderson and Cam Akers are not Todd Gurley potential. You know what I'm saying? So you're you're completely downplaying the impact of the Todd Gurley aspect of their offense. No, no, I'm years you, past. I'm giving, and they don't have that. I'm giving, I'm giving you some legitimate reasons as to what happened to them because last year. No, you're telling me you're telling me all about their offensive line and how their offensive year, line is not as potent as they were before. Year, and I get that, I get that. But what you you're know, also I, saying in I that same vein, in that same breath, is that Todd Gurley is not a better substitute than C.J. Henderson and Cam Akers. Healthy. When they had Ty, Cleveland, when they had Ty Gurley last year, what, what, was he as productive as he was the, the previous year? Wasn't healthy, bro. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to tell you why he was not. And you, you want to put it on health? Okay, fine. You want to put it on health? Uh, um, McVay didn't want to say he wasn't healthy either. But I tell you what, one thing was for sure: he wasn't getting the production. What, why wasn't he getting that production? Because the offensive line was different. And he's not going to admit to that. And that's the plug and play that you're talking about. If you want to say plug and play, he tried to pull out and his infinite wisdom, try to yank, what, um, 22 years of, of offensive line experience and replace them with some young dudes. And that hurt those guys. That hurt them last season. It hurt them less this season because now those guys obviously have some experience. They see a little bit more of what those guys can do and what they can't do. But, I'm telling you what happened. When they got the offensive line, bro, 
Saffold, Saffold went to Tennessee in the last two years. They lead their league in rushing, bro. That should be enough, Cleveland, to, to, to tell you what I'm saying. That should be enough. But you want you want more for whatever reason. And if Todd Gurley has an impact, yes. But his impact, he needs he needs help. He needs an offensive line to block for him. And when the offensive line wasn't there, you saw the production doing uh, doing them quickly. You saw that. Okay. Cleveland, um, confidence picks for this week, man. You want to read out the list? You got the list in front of you, confidence picks? I don't. I know I beat you by three, though. I think you had uh, some teams that you um, at the bottom of your confidence that just didn't come through for you. And unfortunately, you beat me by three. You beat me by one. You beat me by one. You're you're, you're barely leading this. You be, I need I need a big week right here. You're barely, barely leading this category, Cleveland. I had Cleveland and Washington let me down. Um, and I had those one, one and three, or excuse me, one and two points. Buffalo, T- Tampa Bay, and KC gave me twelve points. You had uh, Buffalo at one point. Cleveland obviously let you down as well. They let me down. You had Chicago, Baltimore, and KC gave you thirteen of my twelve points this week. So good, good work out of you. Um, All right, thanks. The games that we had, we differed on this week. I had the Saints beating Minnesota. For some reason, you had Minnesota slowing down the Saints, and Abu Kamara gave you every reason as to why you was wrong and be wrong in that game. I had Tennessee, or excuse me, I had Tampa Bay. For whatever reason, you took Detroit over Tampa Bay. I, I don't know what that's all about. Detroit was a minus. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with you land based to me about the other losses, but I did pick. And fans just want just want to throw this out here. I did pick the Detroit Lions over the Bucks before I knew that coach was not going to be coaching. Okay, continue. Oh boy. Okay. I don't think I don't think the coach makes up what, what was it thirty nine points. Oh, I certainly think the head coach not being able to to coach uh, makes a difference. But please continue. Sure. Okay. Um, we we agreed on everything else. Uh, obviously, Cleveland lost, Indy lost, Washington lost, Houston Houston lost. Which ones did we not agree on? You had Denver over the Chargers. Um, I had a I had a feeling the Chargers owed those guys a win. They, the Chargers owed those guys. Denver barely beat them uh, about six weeks ago uh, in Mile High. So the Chargers owed them a, a W. They owed them that one. And Herbert breaks the record, the passing record, as I mentioned. Uh, 28 touchdown passes as a rookie. He broke he broke Baker Mayfield's rookie record, um, oddly enough. So uh, he he said he set another record, man. It's amazing the season he has had this year thus far. And Green Bay beat Tennessee at home. We talked a little bit about that loss already. The picks against the spread. So overall pick segment, I had 11 games to 12 games. 11 out of 16, I did. Cleveland had uh, seven out of sixteen um, picks against the spread. Neither one of us does, did that great. I had one. It was one to one here. Um, it's okay because I'm leading this category comfortably here as we wind down the season right now. And then overall picks was twelve to eight. Again, overall pick segment. Uh, Cleveland fans. Cleveland. 
through his jab earlier and said he's been sandbagging and he, he wants to see, see actually documentation, somebody hold him accountable for his pick. So I, that'll be his excuse for losing this this season, although he's been sandbagging. I don't know how you end up having to buy tickets to, uh, two tickets to a Seahawks game, and then now you're sandbagging. I, I don't know how that works. But nonetheless, that's the excuse he gave me, fans, if you believe that crap. And then looking at looking at our supremacy rankings for, for this week and see if they actually hold up. Um to last week's. Last week I had the only change in my supremacy picks was Pittsburgh was inserted at number five versus Indianapolis because they just smacked them around. Other than that, I had KC, Green Bay, Buffalo, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh. Cleveland, I mean, every week I'm essentially getting a different set of five teams for these, from this guy. Um, it changes. It's fluid. It's a, it's a fluid last, list, Cam. Well, I mean that's yeah. Last week, last week you had KC, Buffalo, Tennessee, Green Bay, and Seattle. This week you have KC, Green Bay. Green Bay goes from four to five. I mean there there were two there were two two weeks ago. They go to four. Now that this week they come back to two. Then it's Buffalo at number three. Seattle. I mean that's a homer pick if I haven't seen one at all. Now all of a sudden they're number four, and then New Orleans slips in there somehow. So. Uh, Tennessee and your boy, they lose to. Well, Green, you did have Green Bay ranked lower than Tennessee, and so that knocked them out. Is that is that your logic there? You figured it out, Cam. Good looking. She's a headache over here trying to figure it out. Figured it out. Uh, it's a and the and the Hawks have come back around. So yeah, you see how it looks. Mm-hmm. So going into this week, man, mm-hmm. the games that we disagree on, um, I have the Giants over the Cowboys. You have the Cowboys there. I have I have Raiders over the Broncos. You have the Broncos beating the Raiders. Which other game? I think those are the only two games that we disagree on going into this going into this week. So it's going to come down to the tight race is fifty eight for the points against the spread. Um, it's fifty-eight percent to forty-nine percent, Cleveland. That's where we are for the for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Over overall, sixty-five. The overall pick segment, sixty-five percent to sixty percent. So we'll see if Cleveland can close that gap a little bit. I'm not. I'm not too high on that, but uh, he has a chance. There's, there's, there's one more week, fan. There's one more week, fan. So, fan, when we come back. So we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA, talk about these Los Angeles Clippers putting the league on notice here this this week with two back-to-back 20-point blowouts. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA and talk about how Portland beat up on the Lakers. I want to hear Cleveland's uh, reasoning for that one here. So let's take a break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA. What's good? What's good, fans? What's good? Happy holidays. Hope all you guys are safe out there. Hope you cuddle up with your family and you guys are getting that good quality time in right now because uh, there's a nationwide pandemic going around or pandemic hitting the nation and the na- nationwide, what am I looking for, Mr. Cleveland, lockdown. 
a suggested uh, quarantine for everybody in the nation. Uh, I hope you guys are being safe, however you're celebrating the New Year's, but um, hopefully it's with some uh, family and friends and you guys are getting that good quality time in. Let's talk about who, who's really getting some quality time in is the Portland Trailblazers. They travel to L.A., whether they're in there in the hotel or not. Uh, they came out and busted some Laker tail the other night, Cleveland. Well, what do you think about that loss to the Trailblazers? I mean, what's your explanation for that? Oh, man, good win for the Pacific Northwest. Damian Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum, Carmelo Anthony. Man, great win. Oh, boy, that's that's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah, it was a good win, but the question was, what happened to your Lakers, though? Explain that one to me. Oh, well, I mean, Cam, you're not really going to see what the Lakers are truly about until, like, game – 45 or 50 of the season. Let us not forget, Cam, <clears throat> it was less than 90 days ago as they won the NBA oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> championship for 2020. Oh, my goodness. You know, their body will need some time to adjust. There's going to be some low management. There's going to be, you know, and it's a, it's a, a much different roster than it was last year. It's going to take them some time to kind of become a cohesive unit. But at the same time, they're just trying to get in shape, you know, trying to get their legs underneath them, having, you know, only, you know, played for the championship, you know, less than 90 days ago. They got to get back into, you know, the rhythm of, of playing, you know. Talk to me about game 45-50, and I, I can give you a real accurate assessment of what the Lakers are going to be. Right now, it's a little too soon for me, though. So sorry. Okay. I mean, by, by 45, the way things are going, they might be uh... – uh, fighting for a playoff post. As a as a present, you know, currently speaking, they're not even in the playoffs. So yeah, they got they got to get uh, things in gear, and I'm confident they will. And um, I know Cleveland would, would. I know he want he can't wait to talk about the Mavericks routing the the Clippers the other night. I know he can't wait to talk about that. Um, but just a just to give it context, in the two games following that disappointing uh, outcome, the Clippers have two 20-point wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves and those same Portland Trailblazers that just smacked around the Los Angeles Lakers. Cleveland, talk about the Clippers, their they're, they're up-and-down week here. Uh, sure. Well, fans, just to be perfectly honest with you, I was not really paying any attention to the uh, Clippers game. <laughs> versus the Mavericks until I got 147 texts on my phone during an NFL game, mind you. Like, what the hell has happened to the Clippers? And it was literally 70 to 24 when these guys were uh, texting. Like, oh, my goodness. What in the world has happened? Is this a professional team against a professional team? And, unfortunately, I I couldn't see a look on Tyron Lue's face when he was trying to, you know, still try to orchestrate, you know, offenses and defenses when he didn't beat by 50. It's like, wow. <laughs> craziness. That, was that, game, very- that game was never, was, never, was never in question. So on to your other two games. Yeah, the Clippers uh, bounced back. Kawhi came back with the mask. And, you know, they're, you know, they're good to go, man. Good for them. Continue to, uh, 
push towards that number one seed in the Western Conference once the season's over. No, and go from there. They won't be number one. Uh, they won't be number one. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Bucks setting the franchise record with uh, 56% shooting 56.9% from three to hit 29 three-pointers against the Miami Heat the other night? What's your thoughts on that? Probably the worst thing that could have happened to them because they will now, from here on out, think that they're a good three-point shooting team, and that was just a really good night. And if they rely on those type of numbers, the analytics, it will mislead them. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know that they're going to consider themselves as a good three-point shooting team. It's probably an apparition there. Um, The Raptors winless in the league so far. I mean, uh, the Orlando Raptors, obviously they're the one team not being able to play at home. This year, everybody else is playing home games. The Raptors are living out of a suitcase in Orlando, Florida. What's your thoughts on this? Tough time for them. You know, uh, losing a Serge Ibaka was a tough loss. And, you know, they're trying to to find themselves. It'll take some time, but they'll get there. Cleveland's key word of the night is it'll take some time. I mean, your wife must really love you, man, because she gives you – she really – Gives you a lot of time and very patient with your development. She she must really love you. Appreciate that, Cam, for that shout out. Um, John Morant out three to five weeks with a high ankle sprain. I mean, if you saw it, it looks pretty bad when we went out a couple nights ago with that injury. What is your thought about John Moran being out, and how does that impact Memphis Grizzlies' uh, attack on the playoff burden? Uh How it impacts them is that they will not make the playoffs. There's no chance of uh, – you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year. So without having their best player for five weeks, yeah. We're in the Western Conference of the National Basketball Association Playboy. No. No chance of making the playoffs. And Nikola Jokic gets his 44th triple-double. He's top 10 all-time in triple-doubles. Can you believe that? How you like it? Joker? Yeah. I, I like it. it. It just shows you – I mean, I know that we've been, you know, having a lot of conversations about triple-doubles lately with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you know, kind of leading the way. But it's not its not as easy to do as you think, man. And he's already top ten. He's only played like four years. That's crazy. This shows you how – this shows you the versatility of him and perhaps why the Clippers should have taken him more seriously in the uh, playoffs last year. Well, of course they should. Of course that should have been the case, but uh, we don't know. Kind of, there were some extenuating circumstances. Um, oh, oh, oh! You're 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 on the Doc Rivers side of it, huh? It's all Doc's fault, huh? Oh no, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that, say that at all. The players that take full blame and you should you should know how I feel by now. The players need to take full. Oh, okay, okay, we'll say that. Come on, okay. okay. But for whatever reason, you know, it it hasn't happened. But yeah, the players should have been the players should have ought to be ashamed of themselves. That's why 
um, you know, I haven't said it yet. You didn't ask me, but that's why that fifty point blowout was so was so embarrassing. It was like, you know, um, I asked why weren't the players ready for the game, and then I get the same old, oh, it's my fault. I take full responsibility of because of this. Uh, we know, um, and this comes from Paul George. Is like, dude. That, those excuses are over, man. That, that's the old excuse now. It's my fault. I got to take. I take full responsibility for it. Those excuses are over with. This team needs to be out. They need to be blowing people out every night. I mean, they should have a chip on their shoulder. They should be angry with the league. They should be angry with all the um, Twitter followers. They should be angry with the media. They should be angry. A uh, angry team this season and playing. I doubt they'll be getting that number one seed, but they should be playing for that number one seed. And they should be playing with the attitude and the chip on their shoulder. And when I don't see that from the Clippers, I'm very disappointed. So it was uh, nice to to see them in the stadium this last couple days to get some 20-point wins. But that is what we should see from these guys, night in, night out. There's no no excuse for a loss, much less a 50-point loss. I mean, that's totally atrocious. And the response I got from Paul George, if you go to YouTube, you can find the voice of the fans on YouTube. You hear Paul George talking post-game about that 50-point loss, and it's my fault, it's my bad, and we'll be ready next game. And I had to give him respect. I said, kudos to you for having your team ready to play the next game. I had to give him that credit because I was ready to eat his ass up if they weren't, uh, if they didn't step up and come ready to play. And But they were they stepped up and were ready to play, so I give him his credit. Um that's what I have to. Uh, that's what I have to say about those Clippers, and it should, they should have a blowout win every night. Every night they should have a blowout win. So, well, Cam, if, um, if they had your, uh, if they had your courage and intensity, they would win the, the NBA championship. Unfortunately, they don't, so they won't. Oh boy! December thirty first, twenty twenty. Before we get into the new year. And watch the Clippers fall on their face. <laughs> if they had your enthusiasm and intensity, be no question, man. They they get it done. I'd be scared. Uh, what do you think about the Spurs Becky Hammond becoming the first woman to coach on the sideline of the NBA basketball team? I think it's great. Um, I think it's. Timely, given what we've been through in the last year or so, and um, wouldn't be surprised if Popovich did it a little bit on purpose, you know, just to see what was going to happen and, you know, to see if she was ready, man. I remember when Don Nelson, you remember when Don Nelson used to, like, be the assistant coach for Avery Johnson for a couple of games before Avery took the the reins? And it was, like, kind of weird. A little awkward, like, uh, with the head coach still here, so, you know. But this is a situation where, you know, obviously the head coach was infuriated up, you know, agreed to his calls and got kicked out and, you know, felt comfortable enough to leave the team. I mean, you know, wins and losses are important, man. People say they're not when you play so many games, but they still are. You know what I'm saying? And everybody knows you're playing in a professional you know, game, so no one game is more important than another. I mean, obviously, you know, it needs a little bit more when you're playing teams that are a little bit better caliber, but 
at the same time, and what better opportunity to do it, right? So yeah. she seemed to handle herself yeah. quite well, and that was that was admirable. I mean, she's been on the sidelines seven years. I didn't realize it's been seven years since she's been on the sidelines. So kudos to her. And then, like um, it was reported that she's going to be a head coach sooner than later. So whether it's with the Spurs and uh, or not, she's going to be on the sidelines, and we'll just have to see. Uh, I remember um, talking to Vandermeer. Vandermeer. I've had a blowout of the lady's first name. Though. Um, Tara at Stanford. Did you come out? Yeah, she's she's said she's ready to be a coach in the, in the NBA, and so we'll, we'll see how things transpire. Um, yeah, and there been, and there already been some rumors of Don Staley over at uh, South Carolina taking over for Philly. We talked about that in our show, you know, a few months back. Thought that was yeah. a little premature to be that right away without a lot of experience. But uh, no, Beckingham is definitely a uh, you know putting her time and, you know, having this opportunity and, to do it, you know, with live bullets was, was good was good for her. And, and yeah, she's been there. So uh, while we're talking, we talked about uh, Jokic getting his uh, 44th triple. Well, Russell has his fourth triple-double of the season. What's your thoughts on Russell and his uh, triple-double magic? Four, is I mean, that's cool. Double, by the way. Yeah. yeah. They're 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 not good. So that's tough. The 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 Wizards. Let's see what their record is, um, and what these triple doubles mean to mean to him. Um, real quick, give me. They have not won a game, Cam. Let's not let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's not let's not keep our fans in suspense. They have not won a game. <laughs> they haven't won a game, Cleveland. Are you serious? No, I'm not joking with you. Wow, that's that's terrible. Um, Cleveland, well, Cleveland said it. So those those triple doubles mean nothing. Is, is what you're telling me essentially, huh? Essentially, if you're trying to equate triple doubles to victories, yes, it means nothing. It, it it's not a direct correlation. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he has a whole bunch, and they have no wins. Over <laughs> yeah, over five. Over five with Bradley Beal averaging thirty-two points and Russell Westbrook over averaging twelve assists. Russell Westbrook averaged thirteen point seven assists, thirteen point seven rebounds. Excuse me, twelve point seven assists per game. Wow, I mean that's pretty that's balling actually. Um, but all out of And Beal's averaging thirty-two, so Beal's getting his shots up still. Um, yeah, something got to happen there. Maybe, maybe the, you know, that Scott Brooks combination, Russell Wilson, Scott Brooks combination isn't going to be good out there, out there. What do you like from, that you've seen from Charlotte? Do you like uh, the young rookie and the way he's been playing? And the shot, you know, what do you think about Charlotte and, and their their uh, chances of showing any growth in the league? Right now they're 2-2, two and two, number eight spot. Don't like the fact that uh, their big free agency pickup, Gordon Hayward, has continued to be for Gile, meaning really, really fragile, and is probably not going to, you know, play more than fifty games in the season, um, which puts a lot of pressure on, you know, the youngest ball 
to ball out, and he's not quite there yet. So we'll see what they do. Um, if they make the playoffs, I'd be extremely surprised. I think they're a piece or two away. But we'll see how uh, LaMelo develops. Hopefully better than Lonzo, because Lonzo is still a long ways from being a truly effective point guard in this league with the number two pick. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's um, – yeah, man, when you blow a pick when you blow a pick like that, that 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 um that really sets your team back. So, did you send me your your uh, updated the updated supremacy ranking for the week? Because I, it can't have, change in one week, Cam. Come on now, no, it's the same. I feel the same about it until something happens really egregious. I'd be like, oh man, yeah, they don't deserve to be in it. But come on now, a week into it, no. Same teams. So, Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Nets, and Sixers still. You know, I'd have to change mine. I'd have to change mine in the first week. Um, I had the Nets, Bucks, and the Celtics at number three in the East. I have to change that. I'd have to drop the Celtics down to below the Sixers and below the Heat. Um, Them not having a big man is kind of impacting their squad. They they don't have Enos Cantor anymore. They got Tristan Thompson, who's you know he's a good rebounder coming off the bench, uh, but they don't have a big man to speak of that's going to threaten anybody, and so that forces a lot of work from Jalen Brown or uh, Tatum to do down low. Tatum I think is more of a shooting guard than a, a forward, a small forward, much less a power forward. Um, hmm. and wow! So they don't really. Have, they don't have a, they don't have a lot of rebound. Yeah, I think Tatum was more of a two guard. You 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 disagree? Totally disagree. I think he's probably the best small forward in the league. If that's where they want to play him, and he's probably top okay. five power forward. If that's where they want to play him. Shooting guard. Yeah, man, I don't know Tatum if he has the handles. For, yeah, I don't know Tatum if he has the handles for the shooting. Yeah, you have Jason Tatum as a top five power forward. If he wanted to shift to that position, I don't think he's guardable at that. Cleveland, that he's he's a jump shooter. That means he's shooting he's further away from the rim. Okay, that means there's less rebounds he's going to get. And on defense, he's not a defensive stopper of any of any sort. Talk about size and physicality, though, Cam. Who can guard him? Who can guard him on one side of the ball? Okay, fair enough. There's there's nobody who can. Who can guard him? I'll give you that. However, he's not getting any rebounds. He's not playing any defense. That's that's going to hinder his game. And if you play him at Paul forward, well, and and yeah. and those are supposed to be two of his calling cards, huh? Is what? Not sure what? what's going on there. Rebounding what's, what's, and playing defense. Jason Tatum, we're talking about. You talking about JT? Yeah. No, We're not talking about Carmelo Anthony trying to get rebounds and play defense. No. We're talking about Jason Tatum. Jason Carmelo Anthony is is six nine two twenty. Jason Tatum is six eight. Um, but again, you're missing my point. You're missing my point. You don't ask Carmelo Anthony to rebound or play defense, and if you do, then that's you're, a you're shame on correct. you. You're, you're absolutely correct. Yes, you are. You're correct on that. Yes, you are one hundred percent. 
So you're putting Jason Tatum in the mold of Car- Carmelo and Anthony just get 20 points tonight. Give me, give me 25, give me 20 to 25 points tonight. That's all you do. What I'm saying is he does. I, what I was saying is don't put him in the Carmelo Anthony basket because he does both of those things better than Carmelo. He doesn't. Re- he he doesn't rebound though, bro. He doesn't rebound or play defense. He doesn't do that. Um, uh, Jalen Brown rebounds and plays defense, but he, then they ask him to score. So now you're asking him to, to do everything, and he can do everything, but you're only going to go so far with the guy who does everything because he. And he's, he's oh another, man, come on, man! It's too it's too early. It's too early in the year to get into this with you, man. Come no, on, no, man. Bro. I, I I disagree. With I don't want I don't want to hear about your scrappers, man. I don't want to hear about your guys that you know dive on the floor kind of guys, man. I don't want to hear I about mean, your Jalen Browns, man. Come on, man. That's what he is. I want to hear about your that's Patrick Beverly's, man. I'll uh, see you in the playoffs. You know, you, you, you're, you're <laughs> I'll all... see you in the playoffs when it's time to get down. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So you're just waiting for the playoffs, and everything's supposed to click in the playoffs. That isn't that what happened to the Clippers? I'm just, I'm, I am just saying, you can do all that stuff, and that's cool until it's time to get down, and then we'll see who you are. Hmm. Okay, well, you have the Bucks in the, you have the Celtics in the finals. I don't think I like the Celtics. I was high on the Celtics the last two years. I this this year, I don't think. I think their lack of size um, in the paint is going to hurt them. So uh, who so are I, you high on in the Eastern Conference then? The Brooklyn Nets. Like, I think the Nets is there. Oh. The first night I saw Kyrie and, and KD, the bargain. The experiment. Oh, so, you, so, you, so, you're, so you're all in on the experiment. Oh, okay. I mean, call it what you want. The, the Nets had a decent team before. Um, before the I'm not calling it what I want. I'm calling it what it is. KD hasn't played in 532 days. He's finally getting back into it. Kyrie Irving is the head case, and Steve Nash has never coached before. Again, I'm ignoring anything Kyrie they, does off the court. Anything Kyrie does off the court, I'm not interested in. Kevin Durant, from what I've seen, he in the few uh, games I've seen him play, he, there, he doesn't look like he's missing anything about his game. So No worse for where I see the same. Nope. I see the same. That's it. Okay. Let, let me so, let me preface it with I see the same, and it is KD. It is a slim reaper, so I understand kind of where you're coming from with that. But they're not ready, man. Not not to make the NBA finals. I mean, from again, from what I've seen, uh, from what I've seen early, the they the Bucks can't hang with the Nets. The Heat aren't going to be able to hang with the Nets, and I'm a lot less. Um, confident in the Celtics and the Sixers. I'm more confident in the Sixers than I was the Celtics, but I'm a lot less confident in those two teams than I was going into the year. I'm going to explain to you why I'm on, I feel about the Celtics as I do. The Sixers, um, we're, we don't know if they're going to make a change. We don't know how that's impacting the locker room. Um, I'm just a lot less confident in what the Sixers, uh, where the Sixers are than I was initially going into the season. The Nets are the cream of the crop of the East by far. It's not even close. You're going to expect that we're going to expect the Heat to kind of bring in everything together, obviously by playoff time with Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra doing what they do, Jimmy buckets, um, Bam Adebayo, um, and the young kids doing what they do. We, we're going to expect them to be there in the end. So um, they're, they're just going to be a tough outcome to playoffs. And the Milwaukee Bucks, 
with with your theme of the night and give it time. I mean, they're are, are they ready to take over? I wasn't. I have them second in the East just because of pure talent, um, and I had them making the Eastern Conference just just because Giannis is a lot better than a lot of players. However, I, from what I've seen in the short week week of basketball, I got the Nets far and above the best team in the Eastern Conference. It's not even close. Um, within the East, w- within the East, um, or excuse me, within the West. Um, you know, um, I, I give you your Lakers are sandbagging. That's that's pretty clear. The, that, that that's what they're going to do. LeBron, although LeBron talked about not load managing and not want to, uh, you know, uh, playing every game. Uh, he takes pride in playing every game. I've already heard. You know, he has a one night he has a headache. Uh, the other night he his, his big toe was hurting. So he's not playing all out every game and. Uh, your your guy's already missed the game. AD's already missed the game because I think he had a, a running nose. So you know who who knows what they're gonna do until uh, until they're taking your philosophy. Wait till the playoffs start. That's that's their philosophy. They're just gonna let Kyle Kuzma and and um, Montrez Harold and and Dennis Schroeder, you know, run their little hearts out until the playoffs, and then you know those other guys will come back and ready to play. Um, the Denver Nuggets, they're going to be solid. Portland, um, they did get a big win over the Lakers. Uh, but what I saw from them the other night, I had them at number four. I might have to put them below the Dallas Mavericks, who clearly we saw them at their best when they put up 50 on the on the Clippers. So that's my little rundown of the top ten teams in the East and Western Conference in the NBA. Um, what are your objections to that? You know, no objections, bro. I mean, I understand what you're trying to go with this, and I understand that you have, you know, an objective to uphold and, and an objective? What are you part of Clipper Nation. Well, I mean, you, know, you feel the Clippers are going to are going to win it, right? I mean, what, what did that have to do with anything? Is I talked about your Lakers, I talked about your Nuggets, your your the Trailblazers, and the Mavericks. What, what objective are you talking about? I'm trying to maintain that you're not being objective over the fact that you think that the Clippers are going to win the championship, right? What do you mean? I'm not being objective. I just clearly gave you rundown for 10 teams in the NBA. How am I not being objective? Because you're saying that Brooklyn is the best team in the East. They're not. You're saying that the Lakers are not who they are, and they got a game of time. I mean, what, what are you trying to say here? Uh, from what we've seen of the Lakers, one guy sits out, one of the uh, team leaders sits out, the next the next game another team leader sits out. Like, they're clearly, as you already let the fans know, they're less than 90 games away from winning a championship so long, so many days ago. So they're clearly not putting their heart and soul into the season. And they're, you're following your logic of the, your theme of the night is wait. They're, they're taking their time before they get into game action and game shape. So um, where I do have them winning the, winning the West, uh, maybe I should have them drop down a little bit because they're not taking it seriously. It's, it's too early in the season for them to take things seriously. That's where I, maybe I should drop them guys down. That's okay, so in your in your opinion, who is at the top of the West right now in the Western Conference? 
Well, it has to be the Clippers at four and one. I mean, they had one ugly loss, but outside of that, okay. they they spanking okay. everybody they're playing with. I mean, okay. do you object to that? Do, do you object to that? I mean, if we're going by records and kind of what we see from things, I mean, clearly they're they're spanking everybody. The, the competition. I mean, they, the Phoenix Suns are three and one. Utah Jazz are two and one. I I don't think that's going to hold up. But yeah, as okay. Of, as of, as of the first week of the season, I mean, the Clippers are four and one. I have to go right right with the Clips, and you disagree only because you just want to be a hater. That's all. <laughs> I'm hating on the Clippers. I mean, that's, that's the only reason you would disagree with me. Man, I hope I hope the Clippers are the number one seed in the Western <laughs> Conference, just for the disrespectful way you have been talking with regards to the Los Angeles Clippers. I hope they're the number one seed. Okay. Because then it would just put all that expectation upon them, and then they would have to respond to it. And we saw what happened last year when they had that level of expectation and how they responded to it. Actually, I'm looking well, at Jamal Murray talking about it right now. Well, I'm going um, to follow what Paul George told me the other day. Um, the bubble was. What do you tell you, Cam? The bubble was last year, and we put with everything that happened in the bubble. We try to forget about it, and we're moving on to this season. The bubble was last year. Let's okay. Go. So fresh start. Fresh start. Okay. Fresh, fresh start. So check it out. Um, I need to actually add that as a sound clip in here. Uh, the bubble was last year. We don't talk about that anymore. I need to add that as a sound clip. Uh, we got we got to get our game up for 2001, Cleveland, where we can have video. We action. certainly do it, and yeah, we need we need to get that board up, man. Cam, oh my God, we, the, we start we talking reckless like you're talking right now. That's when we need the board. Couple things, couple things I want to add, man. That I think it'll be so dope is number one, the board, so we can list our picks. Our picks can be seen uh, each week, and then I want to add, you know. Chuck and on TNT actually they have the the what is it uh, I'm having a brain fart right now fans forgive me um, they have the the yellow sticky notes where they write the sticky notes and the predictions we're gonna have to I want to have the sticky note board where we can Cleveland can make his silly uh, predictions oh absolutely yes and absolutely yes and add those up at the end of the year fans oh my god can't wait yeah. Yeah, those so, some, of, some of the things that we, we're going to be able to look for. So I'm, I'm sticky notes. I'm, I mean, I'm writing all this stuff down. And uh, Cleveland, I mean, you're not going to like me when it comes to the end of the year, buddy. You're not going to like me when it comes to the year, end of the year now. And uh, uh, fans, again, text in. Cleveland, give the fans your your, text, your Twitter handle. Oh, absolutely. Cleavy Wonder on Twitter and Cleavon Steel on Instagram. I am Voice of Fans on Instagram. What's good in sport on Twitter? Please let me know if I should ban Cleavon from talking to any Dolphins because uh, his Dolphins, the way he's talking about my team is, is has been terribly unacceptable, and I'm considering banning him again. 
fans, let me know if I should ban him from talking to any Dolphins. And I'll let you know the feedback that we get, Mr. Cleveland. Right now, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week in history. And then we have some uh, random sports topics that we're going to get into. But right now, let's take a little break and clip on. We'll talk about this week in history on the other side. Hey, fans. One thank you guys for tuning in to our Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host, and myself. You're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for tuning in to Voice of the Fans podcast once again. This is your man Cam here. A young Sam on the other end of the line. Every week we also, not only do we talk about sports, we banter about sports. Cleveland likes to make stuff up putting some bets in the air, random bets in the air. I told you, fans, we're going to have the sticky notes here pretty soon on video so you can see that the, these random bets that gets made. We're going to hold Cleveland accountable for this stuff, too. But right now, we want to talk about this week in history. Every week, we're trying to bring some history, historical events that happened in, in America, trying to bring them to life. And uh, just a shout-out to those who've done things before us. 1230, 1892, Mr. Cleveland. Dr. Miles V. Link, physician, published the first black medical journal. This is 1892. 1863, Cleveland, January 1st, Emancipation Proclamation was was signed in 1863 once again. Cleveland, a little closer to your time, sir. 1230, 1978. Do you know who Woody Hayes is? I do know who Woody Hayes is. Woody Head Hayes. Coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes for many years. For many years, right, until he punched a player, Charlie Bowman, who intercepted a pass in the Gator Bowl, and Woody Hayes ran on the field and punched the kid <laughs> after he was doing a little taunting to the Ohio State Buckeye bench. Kind of hilarious moment, but uh, that was the last Ohio State seen of, or we've seen of Ohio State head coach Woody Hayes. 1978, that happened. December 31, 1991. No, it wasn't 1991. I mean, that was 65, I think. 
the Packers won the NFL championship game by beating the Dallas Cowboys in what is currently known as the Ice Bowl. When the it was the Ice Bowl, uh, definitely fifty six. Yeah, the Ice Bowl was forty degrees. It was forty degrees that day, nineteen sixty seven championship. It was forty degrees below zero, I should say. A wind chill factor of forty degrees below. Ice cold, buddy. If you ever seen it, seen the videos, you see the guys out there shivering and shaking. Remember Dan Reed talking about he's trying to go out there like a man with no shirt on and had to go back to the locker room and change because it was uh forty degrees below zero. The Cowboys had no chance in that game. Well, I guess they did have a little chance. It came down to a, a final snap on the goal line, but it was cold. Frozen field, that's where the frozen tundra come from. That was back in 1967, the national championship game. Cleveland, we have some random talkers, man, about the NFL. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins getting released by the Washington football team and you know, apparently nobody won him because he cleared waivers as well. What's your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins' situation, how Washington handled that and how he handled that? You know, it's unfortunate. Um, I know that he was not uh, Ron Rivera's pick and not his, I don't want to say least favorite player, but he wasn't in Ron Rivera's good graces. However, he had a great game against the Seahawks, almost pulled off a a victory, and I thought that, you know, the future looked bright for him. However, um, some things turned in the next couple of weeks. Um, he looked ill-prepared against the next opponent, and stories came out that he was kicking it with his homies without a mask during a pandemic coronavirus as a team captain and a quarterback, not a good look. And they hadn't been all that happy with his performance. So not surprised that it happened. It's unfortunate. The young man is 23 years old. Certainly has a certain level of talent. He was a top five pick, as we've been talking about, Cam, you know, top five picks and whatnot. Um, So, I would certainly love to see him up here in the 206 um, learning behind a guy like Russell Wilson who maybe, you know, in six or seven or eight years he could take the, you know, take the helm and, you know, lead us to another Super Bowl. So, yeah, after Russ won his three or four. But, you know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like he has a chance to, to be more than he is, but he was in a situation to fail. He was put in the situation to fail. That's a good thing. So what about Chase Young, who was drafted by the same team? Was he put in a situation to fail? No, that's Chase Young, bro. He's. I mean, he's, you, you told me what. Do not compare Dwayne Haskins at his position and Chase Young at his position. That's, that's, that's not a fair comparison for Dwayne Haskins, Jr. Okay, so – yeah, he probably he didn't have the right he didn't have the a proper mentality for for the position. Obviously, um, he was you know as often happens 
you get a new coach, new new GM, and they want to bring in their own guys. And Haskins was actually the owner's guy, which until up until last week, you know, allowed him to stay stay in on the job. What do you think about the comments that Booger McFarland made earlier this week, stating that um, you know black athletes, young black athletes, have a problem with social media? That's kind of in a nutshell. I didn't I don't think that it was misguided. I think that it was extremely accurate, and I think that sometimes um, certain things that African-Americans say about other African-Americans, you know, kind of tends to fall on deaf ears like they're just haters, but I, I don't think that that's different for any sport. I think that's kind of across the board. I mean, we look at Dane Dollar, up in Portland, I mean, he's an all-NBA first-team player performing at the NBA All-Star game at the halftime show. It's like, what's going on here? It's like it's well, you're, you're over-consumed with what your brand is doing and what your influence is adverse to what you're doing on the, the court or the field. I, I feel like he's not wrong in saying that Sometimes that becomes secondary, and sometimes the social media and promoting yourself aspect becomes too important. So I, I didn't really take a whole lot of offense to what Booger McFarling was saying, but I understand that perhaps because it was so um, you kind of one-sided with regards to what he was saying that people you know, made it seem like he was just trying to um, shame, shame, young, shame. They were everyone, but at the same shame, time, I don't. I didn't think it was incorrect. So I'm, I'm not a fan, and and this, I posted this. I'm not a fan of Booger McFarland. Um, I don't think he was like you. I don't think he was totally off base. However, I think that's more of a generational issue. And I remember you having that complaint about Dame Dollar when it happened. I didn't, I didn't see it as that big of an issue, only because Dame, we know Dame is going to perform. When, you know, when the whistle blows and it's game time, we've seen game in, game out, that Dame is going to perform. So I'm not sure why you So quick question. So quick question. So quick question. Yeah. So quick question. Yeah. I'm going to name you two other all-NBA first-team shooting guards, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Would Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan be performing at halftime, rapping their songs? Okay. Again, again, this is what. That's a, that's a yes or no question. Okay. It's, it's not. It's not a. It's not open to interpretation. It's a yes so, or no. So, so no, no. Okay. Because no, because well, how come? And I guess, I guess the second part of that would be why not? But. So there needs to be some context. You're right. Kobe or Michael Jordan wouldn't be doing that. Yes, you're absolutely correct. However, was there social media out at the time of either one of those careers? There were some, you know, Kobe Bryant caught the tail end of it, but there wasn't media. Social media wasn't as prominent as it is when they played. So if we want to talk about, Michael and Kobe both doing things to uplift their brands. Clearly, they did that. I mean, clearly, Jordan, um, 
did all he could to to get some gambling in. And they, you know, Jordan went to uh, Atlantic City right during the playoff time, right? Stayed up all night, went gamble some during the playoff time. Still come back and hit fifty five, and nobody thinks anything of it, right? Yeah, so, Cam, that's Atlantic City playing cards. That's not performing rap songs in front of your peers when you're first team All NBA shooting. It's not the, there's, it's not there's, the same there's, thing. You're right. You're right. But we're talking about up, we're talking about uplifting their brand, and that that's where it becomes the same thing. Um, that's well, one guy's off. One guy's actually off the court going to do some things that you know could be question could be seen as questionable. But that's not. Like, but that's like, not what Booger McFarland was saying. What he was saying is that uplifting your brand takes precedence over what you're doing on the court or the field. So let me ask you this. And, what and you're doing on the court or the field becomes secondary to uplifting your brand. Let, let, let me ask you this. How has, how has Dame Lillard's uh, rapping become secondary to his performance? That hasn't hit, has, Do you see that as a hindrance to his career? I absolutely do. I don't think that players respect him like they would respect Jordan or Kobe. Oh, I just man, don't. Come on, come, come on, I disagree with that, man. You, you, you're being, you're being too. You, you're what, what's the word for it? Um, um, Pollyannic. I, I, I disagree with you there. Um, we agree to disagree on that situation. Dame comes to play. That's that's the name, Dame time. He comes to play when when the lights are brightest. You've seen this against the biggest team. Hell, we just beat the Lakers the other night. Although we lost to the Clippers, they just beat the Lakers the other night. They were – they what was their record when they played in the bubble? I mean, they had a good record playing in the bubble. They played their way into the tournament. So we've seen him perform when the when they need him to perform. When the lights are brightest, we've seen him perform. When He didn't even play in the All-Star game. So him rapping at the All-Star game, I'm, I'm not sure why you have an issue with that. I'm really not. Because that had no impact on his. Everybody was off. He went to the he went to Chicago and rapped during the um, NBA All Star game. He wasn't even playing in it. If he, if this game was in Portland, I mean, even let's so let's say let's put it like this. Even if the game was in Portland, because he's the best player on the home team, he'd have a lot of a lot of stuff going on anyway. Uh, hosting parties, hosting. Um, being an ambassador of this. We, we've heard that all the time. Well, that player becomes an ambassador of what's going on. And he decided to rap during the game, too, or before the game that he's going to play in. You might have a point there. But because it's a weekend where he he has from, what, Wednesday to Wednesday off, he goes to the game on he, – he goes out there and kicks it the weekend anyway. He's, he's out there and he puts on a show the Sunday night. Come on, Cleveland. Yeah, that Sunday evening. He doesn't play for another couple of days. I mean, I don't know. I don't see where you have the problem with it. If he flew into town, if they played Saturday, he flew to Chicago to perform, and they had a game uh, Monday, then he's not getting no rest in between games. I can see where you have an issue with that. I can see you where he has an issue. He comes up and he goes, you know, three for 14, and, um, you know, he has 12 points in the game, and he just doesn't perform. I can see where you have an issue with that. That is not the case. So I'm not sure where – I'm not sure where that's where that's the issue. He told you with the rap beef, him and Shaq went back and forth with at the uh, end of at the beginning of the last season, and everybody waiting for Dame to come back with another rap. And he's like, "No, it's it's uh, the season ends. I don't rap during the season. 
I mean, that he he told you right then. I, I don't do that during the season. That was off season. We had some fun. So I, I, I'm not sure. I still don't understand where you have the problem with that. Um, I'm still a little lost. You compare him to, to Kobe and MJ. No, MJ is not doing that. But could MJ rap? I mean, we see we know MJ would do some things off the court. So 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 if so if MJ could rap, would he be performing at halftime in front of his peers? I mean, there's the a lot of is no. And you already no, said no. There's no it. You already said it's not something Kobe or Mike would do. Okay, Kobe put you're, out you're album. Kobe put out Adam, album. He did. He put out an album, but he did not rap in front of his peers when he was all NBA was that first team. That's, not, that's a was whole that a different thing. Okay. Was that a lack you know what? You know what you sound like? You sound like a millennial. So I'm going to let you do your millennial thing. I'm going to let you do your no, millennial thing. Okay? No, you're the, you're and support like and endorse what, what guys are doing that don't make any sense in front of your peers when you're the best at your position. This is not something that you do. Again, had this been uh, – what's the guy from uh, Sacramento? Um, I can't remember. The, the guy from Sacramento who raps as well. Uh, Bagley? Michael, ba- uh, Michael Bagley. Has, has, yeah, has, you're not Michael Bagley, dude. That's what I'm saying. You're all has NBA's he, first team. Had he had he gone to the, the um, had he gone to the what you call it the rap outside of TNT's little uh, talent show that they had? Had he tried to rap in, in front of the peers? And now I got there's a problem with that. He's not at the top of his game. Damian Lillard is at the top of his game. We know him to come out and, and perform when the lights are brightest. That's what I'm saying. If he didn't come out and perform, you can have that conversation. But we know him to come out and perform, so that's why I'm not sure why you're why you're not seeing the delineation right there. And as to what Booker and my father said, I think. And in addition, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot my second point. If you saw Kawhi Leonard or PG13 rapping at halftime of the All Star game, you'd be concerned. You absolutely would be at the focus of what your superstar players were doing. You would not be comfortable. Cleveland, Cleveland, you're making it seem as, 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 you're making it seem like the guys can't do anything outside of their lives. That's what you're saying. That's, that's how you're coming off. The guys can't do, they can't be um, promoting their shoe. They can't be promoting Nike, promoting Adidas, promoting their shoe brand. Not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying, bro. Bro, bro, I do not want my franchise player. No, here's what I'm saying. I don't want my franchise player performing rap songs in front of his peers when he's the top player at his position at an all-star game. Why not? Why, why not? What is it hurting? Because it's not a good look, man. It's a, it's it's a what look is- like like what like like you're doing something like you don't understand where your priorities lie. Like you don't understand like who you are. How is that the case, Cleveland? If he's rapping at the, if he's rapping at halftime of a home game, and, and they're down twenty, I, you you got a point. You have an issue. And they're down twenty. They go to they go to halftime, and they say, "Oh, fans, we got at the at the Motor Garden, we got some uh, halftime entertainment." Dame Lillard comes out in his uniform and starts rapping. You have a point. That's not the case. He's not playing. He didn't play in the game. He came out and rapped at halftime. 
period. That was it. He's in town. He kicked it. They were off. They had a week off. In the middle of his week, he went to go to the uh, Chicago State, to the All-Star game. In the middle of the week, rapped and came home. Again, if he was, if he was rapping in the middle of uh, halftime during his game, I totally have an issue with it. But th- that wasn't the case. Him having a week off, have, doing a rap song at the halftime of All-Star game that he did not play in, by the way. And just remember, he did not play in the game. I don't have a problem with it. Again, I'm with you. If it's one, if, if it's a home game, and they're down twenty, hell, if it's a home game, they're down, they're up five. I have a problem with it. If it's a home game, I have a problem with it. Period. If he comes out, our halftime entertainment is is your point guard Damian Lillard. Now I have a problem. With, I'm with you, one hundred percent. I'm with you. Halftime during an All Star week that they're having a week off anyway. Come on, Cleveland, you, you're you are being too uh, Gen X. <laughs> dare I say? Um, yeah, and perhaps perhaps so, Cam. I'm not saying that that is not a factor in this equation and how I, you know, come to my conclusions. That plays a big factor in it. I'm just saying, if you're if you're at that level, not sure I want to see you, you know, at the halftime. Event. Again, it, it, it wasn't the halftime of a Portland Trailblazers. If you're second team, third team, no, okay, yeah, man, get, get to run in. But when you're the when you're the top shooting guard in the NBA, wow, for real. I mean, can you imagine Tim Duncan coming out there rapping? See, you, but you're putting number one. No, to answer your question, no, but you're putting it on. You're you're making it sound as if these. But you'd be okay. But you'd be okay with it though. But you'd be okay with it though, right? Listen to the situation. You're not acknowledging the situation. Just it's the same. It's the same situation. It's the same situation. It's an All NBA first team player having this alter ego where he needs to come out and perform for people in front of his peers, and he's the best at his position. I'm not good with it. Did he do this during a home game? Did he do this during the home game? No, he did it on a much bigger platform. Unlike you, I would be somewhat okay if he was injured and did it at a home game. Why? He did this in front of the whole world and your peers. Why would you be okay if he was injured, come hobbling in the middle of the court trying to do a rap song if he's injured at a home game? I would have much more issue with that. He was he was injured at the All Star game. What I mean, come on, was it an injury? Was, I mean, was it? He didn't play. He didn't play. What was the injury? I mean, they didn't play because he didn't play. It wasn't. He could have played if he wanted to. I don't. I don't no, 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 no. It was. It was not a. He could have played if he wanted to. It was not a. He could have played if he wanted to. It was. It was not going to play. It wasn't an ACL tear or nothing like that, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he played the game the game right after the All Star break either. It was going to take but some time. What was it? I mean, I, I that that kind of plays into it too. Um, I don't recall what the injury was. Like I'm saying, I don't. It think was something where he wasn't going to play in an NBA game for at least two more weeks. 
I, 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 he wasn't playing right. So that I, I think that adds less to it. But wasn't it? It wasn't like an Achilles injury. He wasn't recovering from a, a you know, I mean, a thumb or finger could have. No, been. it wasn't that serious. He it was, was going to play again. Yeah, it wasn't a serious issue. So there again. So now he has a month off, Cleveland, and he goes hangs out with his guys, his, his peers, and he does a rap where is. Cleveland, I think you're giving you're putting way more to more on it than than necessary. I think you're being way too hard on him. Hell, I hate to be your kid, man. If the guy has a, a sniffy, if he has a runny nose, and if you have a fucking four four inch snowstorm, the kid can't go out and throw some snowballs around. And that's a bad look. I mean, come on, it's, it's, that's you're, you're being you're being tough. You're being. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're being so hard on Lillard for rapping. Like I said, the only way that I have a problem with it if he was at a if it was a home game, whether he was up twenty or down twenty, I have then I have a problem with him coming out rapping during halftime. An uh, All Star game where he didn't play, he wasn't playing anyway, rapping in front of your peers. Hell, if you have the confidence to do it, go do it. And Michael Jordan or Tim uh, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Kobe we know try to rap, but. He didn't have the confidence to do that. Do that. If he had the confidence, I'm sure he would have did that. Shaq, Shaq didn't Shaq open up the All Star game doing the rap or doing the dance with the um, with, um, with the the uh, blue with the guy? with the Jabberwockies. Yeah, that was cool. That was doing like the you know. You don't have a problem with Shaq doing his dance in the introduction, but you have a problem with Shaq and Shaq played in the in that All Star game. Shaq played in that All-Star game, but you have a problem with Dame Lillard not playing doing his rap during the halftime? Come on, man! Now you're being now now you're not being fair. Now you're not now you're not being now you're not now, now you're not being fair. There is something against Dame that you have. Is he plays in the city of Portland? What, what, now you have something against that because how is how is Shaq Shaq cool? I have I have I have nothing against Dame. I love Dame. Let's be on the record about that. I love Dame Dollar. So how is how is Dame it? How is Shaq, I, I love all that. How is Shaq cool? It is, is Shaq it is the cool? persona and it's the look, man. It's not a good look, was, man. In my you opinion, you just told me Shaq. You just told me Shaq thing was cool though. You just told me that was cool. That was dope. How you go? How do you not have a problem with that? Who Shaq played in the game and he now he's dancing. Fair halftime entertainment for all NBA first team. Man, what are you talking about? It's not the same thing. Shaq, Shaq did the pregame entertainment. What are you talking about? What is Shaq was did the pregame entertainment? How how is that? All right, Cleveland, you got to explain your your thoughts on on why it was okay for Shaq to perform pregame of All Star game, but you and you didn't have a problem with that. If I understand you correctly, you did not have a problem with that, but you have a problem with Dane performing at the halftime of a All Star game. What's the difference between the two? Shaq was at it. Shaq was, uh, I think Shaq was further along in his career. He actually. Okay, okay. Can I be perfect? Hold tight, hold tight. If you want to say Shaq won his championships and use championships like you tend to do, okay. I mean, that's that's fair enough. Dame, it, Dame hasn't won the championships. They're both at the top of their uh, at the top of their career, right? At the height of their career at the top of their position. Now explain, please, the difference between what Shaq did, he performed with the Jabwalkies uh, to, to introduce the All-Star game, and what Dane did performing in Chicago um, at the, in, in, during halftime of All-Star game. Dane did not play the All-Star game, mind you. Shaq ended up playing that All-Star game. Explain the difference. 
So Shaq did all of that before Facebook and Twitter and Instagram existed, number one. And number two, he wasn't doing it to further his dance career. Dame is doing this to further his brand, his influence, and his hip-hop career. It's not the same thing, Cam. Mm. And again, my examples were Shaq and Kobe. Maybe Dame doesn't aspire to be a Shaq or, excuse me, a Mike or a Kobe. Maybe he just wants to be Damian Lillard. Maybe he just wants to be his own thing, and that's fine. In which case, you're right. I'm being too hard on him because those are the examples of players in his position that would not have done the same thing. And that's unfair to him. I'm just saying, I'm old. I'm old, Cam. <laughs> so, Cleveland. And I just, don't, I, I just don't see that as being a good look in front of your peers. Maybe your peers think it's cool. Like, oh, man, you see the way Dane just performed in front of us? I'm going to go out and get his – I'm going to go down and download his uh, – You're clowning. See, when I get you're home. You're clowning. You know you're what I'm clowning. saying? The, you're clowning now. So I don't think – And he, has, he brought Lil Wayne out and everything. Man, that was dope. To your point. To your point. Man, and when, I, and when I see him on Tuesday, I'm going to say, hey, man, your performance was dope. Cleveland, you're clowning. You're clowning now. Dame came in. Dame came in into the game. He he came into the game. Everybody knew that he was a rapper. That he raps on the side. Everybody knew that. Him furthering his career. His furthering his career as a rapper. I don't think he, he the the only way for him to further his career. Not the only way, but the best way for Damian Lillard to further his career as a rapper is to win a championship as an NBA player. Now you have a champion NBA champion who raps, who like legit raps and legit got lyrics. Come on, man. The only that that would further his career. Another way for him to further his rap career, quote unquote, is to have these battles like he had him and Shaq um, a couple summers ago. Him rapping during a halftime, man. Come on, everybody, everybody. Who's looking at that saying, I, "I'm gonna go buy his record," no, or download his album? Nobody's looking at that. The NBA players is like, "Oh, that's dope." And half of them probably didn't pay attention. He, he, come on, you know better than that. There are a few rappers in the in the league who probably did pay attention. And I, again, I give you the um, analogy of Michael Bagley. If Michael Bagley was rapping or tried to rap during the halftime, bro, you not even made the All Star team. You know, you got work to put in. Damien, we've seen what Damien can do. We know what he's about. So somebody comes in like Michael Bagley says, "I want to rap during halftime." Outside of TNT's little um, like I say, um, talent show that they put on during the All-Star weekend and the guys can play the piano, the guys sing a note or two. You know, outside of that, these guys better polish up their game first. Uh, uh, Victor Oladipo better not try to come out and sing the national anthem. He has work to do and not play. You follow what I'm saying? And, and not play. He, he has work to do before he gets to that level. You follow what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying if – I'd be 100% with you, like I say, if he was, if he didn't produce when, when the lights were, were the brightest, if he did this at home in front of his hometown during one of their games, instead of going to the locker room, talking to the coaches, uh, understanding what they need to do for the next half, et cetera, et cetera, he's out, on, he's out at half court trying to, trying to rap. 
Like, I'd have a problem with that during mid-game. That I would have a problem with. But during during the NBA All-Star weekend where he's not playing for a week, come on, get out of here. I mean, Cleveland, you're being too, you're being too old. You old-ass, old-ass man. Yeah, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that, Cam. Yeah. I'm going to be that old-ass man. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you're not gonna oh, back me off of my oh, mark. Oh, 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 Stodgy, get off my lawn. That's what you're doing. Get off my lawn, type of. Yeah, That's yeah, what you're doing, right? yeah, yeah, man. Um, wow. Is that, is, that, is that my number? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that's you. That's you, it, Mister. Get off my lawn. That's that's you now. That's what the fans are gonna start calling you. Uh, again, mm-hmm. fans. Let us know who's right or who's wrong in this situation about Dame Lillard. We went from Dwayne Haskins to Booger McFarland to Dame Lillard uh, expanding his brand by rapping during a halftime. Who do you, who do you side with, Cam or Cleavon? Just hit us up. Let us know who you side with, me or him. My Twitter, what's good in sport on Twitter, voice of the fans on Instagram. Cleavon, what's yours? At Clevy Wonder on Twitter. And Cleavon Steele on Instagram. This would be interesting to know the the response here. Cleavon, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Is that Xavier Howard with his uh, double-digit interceptions, leading the league in interceptions this season? Or Aaron Donald as as normal? It is Aaron Donald as normal, Cam. Really? Well, Xavier Howard can't get no love on leading the league in INTs. Gets nothing from you. No. Wow. Listen to that. Yeah, I like how you shit on that. And to be honest with you, I'm a fan. I'm going to tell you something. I remember when they drafted Xavier Howard out of Baylor. I was like, why would you draft him? I think in that, in that season, Baylor has given up 609 games. They gave up 40 points. I'm like, why would you draft anybody from that defense? And it turns out, man, that guy's uh, one of the top cornerbacks in the league today. Oh, Cam, and go and go and go further. Talk about how disappointed you were when they made him the highest-paid uh, DB in the league. Hey, talk about that disappointment. Hey, I don't know how disappointed I was. I was oh no, you were disappointed. We 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 can pull up we can pull the tape. Up. I was, I, I <laughs> you were disappointed. I was thoroughly disappointed when they drafted him just because of the the what Baylor had done. That and year. and right. And then you compounded that with him being the highest-paid defensive back in the league. So, I, so but I now, have, so, but but so but I now have, you so find I, disdain in the fact that he's not the defensive player of the year. Wow! So, so I might have, interesting. I might have stained, I, I might have stained your your um, your impression of him, and 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 you you've been riding with that for years that you don't want to give him credit for being the defensive player of the year. That's what might have happened right there. Um. You know, I don't even know why I'm asking you this question, but I, I'll throw it out there anyway. Did Justin Herbert submit his Rookie of the Year award by breaking the rookie touchdown passing record? Oh, for sure. He is definitely the Rookie of the Year, no question. Okay. All right. Is uh, Patrick Mahomes going to win the second in, uh, consecutive MVP? No, that will be Aaron Rodgers. I might disagree with that one. I might disagree with that one. Um, sitting out bowl games, what's your stance on sitting out bowl games? Let's remember, Christian McCaffrey did that, ended up being the first pick of the draft. Um, 
think, well, what did he say? I think first or second pick of the draft. Nick Bosa did that, end up being the first pick of the draft. Um, what's your stance on sitting out bowl games with these college players? I think it's a bad look. I'll answer the question first. I think it's a kind of a bad look for the players. I understand why they would do that, kind of sit out and protect themselves. Um, yeah, I know you're going to bring up the example later on, but I think sitting out protecting themselves is – that doesn't show me that you love football um, and you'll play at any opportunity. Those that will play and risk that show me that they want to play the game. They they have a passion for the game, and they're willing to play anytime they have an opportunity to put on a helmet and pads. They're willing to, they're willing and ready to get out there with their teammates and, and fight that battle. When you sit out – I mean, I, I, who can argue? I, I can't argue Christian McCaffrey. I can't argue uh, Nick Bosa sitting out seven games and getting just preparing for the uh, NFL draft. I can't argue that, but I'd say I'd rather draft somebody who wanted to play the game versus wanted to sit out and, and, and protect themselves. I think it's easier to justify, Cam, when you have a pre-existing injury and you're just kind of trying to work through it, and, you know, the bowl game is the next game before the combine, not so much. If you just are sitting out because you just don't want to have the opportunity to get injured, that's a little bit different. And you're also playing in a bowl game, typically against better competition so you have a better opportunity to kind of showcase what it is that you can do. Now, of course, as we, as you were alluding to, and I had not seen this in, you know, a couple of years probably, you know, we saw the quarterback from the University of Miami tear their ACL in a bowl game. Why would you ever risk such a thing, right? It's a bowl game. So from that perspective, you know, it's it's a tough decision to make. But well, so let's be clear. Yeah, be clear. But, but 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 to be clear, if you have the opportunity to showcase your skills against better competition, the better it is for you. But you don't want to be Derek King either, right? Well, Derek King, um, it, he wasn't going first round in the NFL play in the NFL draft. He wasn't going. He wasn't going first round. And, yeah, not, so, and, and that that's fine. But what I'm saying so, is, he did tear his ACL in a pull. He did. Yeah. So don't downplay yeah, that yeah. and make it seem like because he's not going to be a top five pick that that's any less significant. Which is kind of where you were trying to go with that. And let's 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 bring it back a little bit from that. Well, I mean, why why not? That's that's. Because that's Isn't bullshit. Do, do not because because you're compromising because you're saying it depends on how good the player is whether it is that they play or not and that's bullshit. Don't do that to those players. They're playing or not playing given what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And to say that oh well if you're this kind of guy then go ahead and play the game but if you're this kind of guy then don't play the game. That's that's not right. You're diminishing what those players do. Cleveland. Darren King, if if my memory served me correct, he was a junior. He has another. He had another year to play. Um, he wasn't going to be the top quarterback coming out. So him sitting out didn't make a didn't make a a lot of sense. Or actually, 
excuse me, I take that back. He's a fifth-year senior. So him sitting out, he's he's in that he he was in that pool where he needs to show more, more of what he can do. He needs to put more stuff on tape. So him sitting him sitting out wasn't gonna help his career. Like I said, Nick Bosa sitting out those games going into the season, he was projected as, as one of the top draft picks of the of the league. It made it a little bit more sense. Christian McCaffrey sitting out, I, again, I disagree with him sitting out. He was healthy. He said, no, I'm not going to play my final bowl game. I thought, I thought, kind of think that's turning his back on his teammates that he's been playing with, that has been blocking for him all year, that these guys need to show that they're winners. They want to go out as winners. He could help with that. But he chose to sit out for his career. I can't be mad at that, but I think that's turning your back on your teammates that has helped you get thus far. De'Aaron King wasn't in that position. He was in a position as a fifth-year senior where he needed to put more stuff on tape. He needed to put more ability. As, fortunate, as unfortunate as the knee injury was, I mean, that's the, obviously the, the chances of injuring yourself during a game. But he needed to put more stuff on tape. Would you agree with that? So, so you, understand, you understand where you're going with this, right? So the minute that you put enough stuff on tape to show that you're that dude, you don't need to play anymore. I just said. I just. I just said. No, I no, no. Because that's that's that's, that's the same. That's the same thing. That's the same thing that uh, Chase did in LSU. He saw that he was going to be a first round pick, regardless of anything that he did that season. And why would I risk going into LSU? Why would I risk getting injured? Why would I risk a coronavirus pandemic sweeping the planet when I'm going to be top five no matter what? I just Why would I, I play another game? I just said I disagree with the Chris McCaffrey sitting out perfectly healthy. There was nothing wrong with him. I disagree. I think that's turning his back on his players. I think that's turning your back on your team, on the players that, that your teammates that has helped you get to this point in your no, career. What you're, what, what, what you're saying is playing a bowl game depends on your stature in the NFL. You misunderstand what I said. I just told you. I just said again, reiterated, I was not a fan of Christian McCaffrey sitting out. I was not a fan of that. Can I, I can't. As though, if you come at me with Cam, he's number one in the draft. He's going to be number one in the draft pick or in the draft. He, you know, he's putting risky millions of dollars. As a football player, As and I already stated earlier, as a football player, somebody who has a passion for the game, I would have played that final game. Whether I would have played that game. If I had that option, I would have played that final game. You wouldn't have convinced me to sit out just for the hell of it. Just because anything can happen. Anything can happen in any game. You couldn't have convinced me to sit out. So, as I just stated, I couldn't um, – I wasn't a fan of Christian McCaffrey sitting out. On the, Conversely, when Nick Bosa, who has the reincur injury that you spoke about, and he chooses to sit out his last seven games, I'd have been concerned about his motor. I would have been concerned about going into the draft. I would have been concerned about his willingness to tough it out, his willingness to pay, play through injury, his willingness to play through pain, his willingness to, to be there for his teammates. I'd have been concerned about that. However, I understand why he wouldn't have played because he don't want to risk it. He got money on the table. He doesn't want to risk it. So I understand why they do it. I don't like it. I disagree with it. And De'Aaron – Derek King's situation 
He needed to play. It was him sitting out would have done nothing for his draft stock. That's what I'm going. That's where I'm going. Him sitting out would have done nothing for his draft stock. Chase, when Chase sits out at LSU because he doesn't want to play, or um, I'm like, dude, why don't you want to play? Or you talking about Chase from Ohio State? Why does he want to play? I have a problem with that. But but Cam, like, but Cam, you're 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 contradicting yourself. Because you're saying that you no, you are, you are because 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 you're saying Derek King has to play because he has nothing to lose and everything to gain. But what if you have everything to lose and nothing to gain? Why would you play in that game? Uh, Cleveland, I can't be more clear to say when the guy does not play the Chase Young, the Christian McCaffrey, he does not play. I question his motor. I question his desire to support to be you a You shouldn't. You shouldn't. That's 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 completely false, man. Completely false. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I'm looking at. I'm telling you what I am looking at. I can look. Th- I can look at things from my eyes and see what I see and understand how and, and and tell you how I feel when I see certain things. Okay. I when I see that, that's what that's what I see. If you're sitting out for no reason, the passion I have for the game, I'd have played every game. You would have had a tough time convincing me, Cam. No reason to play this game. You're going to be in the top ten in the draft. Go ahead. There's no reason for you go on vacation. There's no reason for you to play this game. I, you would have had a tough time convincing me of that. Even if I understood it, you would have a tough time convincing me of not to suit up, not supporting my teammates, not playing there with my guys. You would have a tough time convincing me of that. Somebody who has who has that reoccurring injury, I understand it a little bit better. In the Eric King situation, I understand him get him not. He he's a bad example because he wouldn't have been a first round draft pick. He he wouldn't have been in a first round draft pick. So I don't know that he had that option to make. You follow what I'm saying? I just don't know that he had that option to make. He, no. He, so he, so a better a better examples are like Trevor Lawrence. Do you play in it? You should. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I I don't know how many times I can say this, Cleveland. If I was in that situation, anybody would have a tough time convincing me not to play. Anybody. My mom, my dad, my coach, my teammates, I want to play the game. I, I, I'm, I'm here to play. Hell, when I broke my collarbone the last, my last football game of the season, the coach says, Cameron, we won this game. You don't have to go back in. It's the, it's the um, I think it happened the first play of, of the third quarter. Cameron, you don't, we won this game. You don't have to go back in. Save it to the playoffs. No, coach, I didn't come here to stand on the sideline. I didn't suit up to stand on the sideline. Put me back in the game. Well, they did put me back in the game, but put me back in the game. I, I want to play. That's what I told them then at that, at that situation. I mean, I didn't come to stand on the sidelines. I didn't come to suit up at the standards and fucking 40-degree cold just to watch some guys play out there. I should be – I need to – I want to be out there. So, in that I, in that situation, it just happened to me, and not as much was on the line, but I wanted to play the game. So, again, you'd have a tough time convincing me to sit out the game. Some of these guys who who choose to sit out the game. But I was sounding OG before. Okay. But you're not sounding OG now. These guys got to protect their brand. They got to protect their draft position. And the game is meaning – I don't want to say meaningless because all football games are important. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the risk to reward is not – it's not high, man. So Jadavian County should have sat out 
Trevor Lawrence should play, to answer your question. What, what do I think about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I, I don't know. No, I think, I think Trevor should play, but if he doesn't play, I wouldn't be mad at him because he's going to be the number one pick in the draft regardless of so, anything so, that he does okay, in that so game. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence says, you know, you know, guys, I'm good. Uh, I'm not going to play tomorrow. Um, I want you guys to go out there and do your best. I'm not going to play tomorrow. Yeah. Would would you as as a teammate? How would you feel about that? As a teammate, so they lost to they lost to Ohio or they lost to Notre Dame when they did when he didn't play, right? No, they beat they lost to him the first time. They beat him the second time, right? They lost to as a teammate, dude. We need you to win this national championship, and now you're you're bailing out. At the at the last minute, you're bailing out the last game of the season. You're gonna bail on us because you want to protect your draft stock. What about the linemen that blocked for him uh, for the last three years that helped keep, give him a clean pocket that may or may not be drafted? Let's just say there's a couple guys who won't be drafted. Not everybody's gonna be number one, obviously. Not everybody's going in the first round, second round. So let's say about the, that lineman who's been blocking for him for three years, who's not gonna get drafted, who's been suffering through his knee, his shoulder issue, through his knee issue. Now he's putting it all online. National championship game is a, is, is a couple weeks away and it, or a couple nights away. And Trevor Lawrence says, I don't want to play. I want to protect my draft stock. Now, I, if I was that lineman, I'd have a problem. Dude, I've been blocking for you for fucking three years. I don't have the same opportunity to be number one in the draft. What I got, what I got is a chance to win this national championship, and before I become a, an insurance salesman, I can at least get a ring. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. You follow what I'm saying? As a linebacker, as a lineman, or or the second string safety, who if Trevor Lawrence plays, let's just say we can predict the future. Trevor Lawrence plays, he goes on and they win the national championship. Versus he doesn't play, they lose in the first round. Come on, I'd be pissed. I had a chance to, I had, you know, telling telling stories down the line, ten years down the line. Yo, fellas, I had a chance to play with Trevor Lawrence, but that pussy set out. He set out the uh, final two games because he wanted to protect his draft stock. I mean, you you follow what I'm saying? Just as a football player, that's my mentality. That that's that's what I would be thinking. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I I, I, def- I definitely understand and, and and follow where where you're going with it, but you're just leaving all the other things behind. And I'm what what am I leaving behind? A chance. We all have a chance to get uh, get injured. That, that lineman who's already because stuck, because who's already you, had a knee, because already had a shoulder again stroke. again again again. You're making me feel like Trevor Lawrence is a selfish person, but in the scenario, the other players are the selfish person. Come you on, want this man. person to jeopardize being the number one pick in the draft for the Cotton Bowl? Okay. Well, if, if that's if if that's how you're going to twist it and, and and turn it, there's there's no right answer there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not twisting it or turning it. That's a decision that they're no making. Seniors, no, no seniors should play. Nobody who's projected in their top uh, top fifteen that should play. If that's how you, if that's it's, their it's, it's, there, it's, it's a decision. It's a decision that's made up to them, and it's up to yeah, them to determine how important it is to them. It's, again, it's important. Would, no, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even. Usually, I'm fucking around. I'm not fucking around about this. It's up to them to determine how important it is to them to raise their stock or, or if they're comfortable with where they're at or if they feel that the game in general is jeopardizing their future. 
every game. If Derek King, if Derek King wasn't going to be a first round fucking pick, you'd be upset about him fucking up his ACL in a meaningless bowl game. He could have been a ten year starting quarterback in the NFL, and now he'll never play because he played in the Cotton Bowl. Well, uh, come on, ACL number one. Because he loves football so much, and because because his teammates watch make themselves look better. No, absolutely fucking not. Do not do not put those on those kids like that, Cam. That's not that's not on them to be responsible for everybody else that's not as good as them. That's not why they came there. That's not why they came to Alabama. That's not why they came to Florida State. That's not what they came you to just, Ohio State. They came to be the best player they could be. You're talking as a, you're talking as a tennis player. You're not talking about a team player. You're not talking about being a part of a team. How was that not How was that not talking you're as not a team player? About, you're not talking about a team player who's been practicing since August for for this game. This, the lineman's been blocking for this guy, and I mean I, I don't know the roster, so forgive me. I'm, I may speak out of line, but they've been blocking since they've been preparing for this moment since August. Okay, some linemen have been pre- prepared for this for the last three August to get to this point. Okay, so now we get to a championship game and we have a chance to get a ring of this lineman who's not going to who's, who's not going to go to the NFL. He, there's a lineman, one of the five linemen who's, been, who's on a on their starter squad may not go get drafted in the NFL. That's reality. Now for this lineman, Trevor Lawrence says, "I don't want to play. I don't want to risk my draft stock." So this lineman now, his his opportunity of winning a national championship is gone because Trevor Lawrence decides not to play. His teammate, who's been riding with him for the last four months, decides not to play at the last minute because he wants to improve his draft stock. I mean, there's some selflessness, obviously, on both parts of of both parts of the argument. But not necessarily not to to improve it. It's not to hurt your draft stock. It's not to to have something happen. That will yeah, not I, allow I, you to go to the combine. Will not allow you to work out in front of the world. I get you, Cleveland. Because of the Cotton Bowl, Cleveland. So your argument, your argument that let's say he came, let's say he blew out his knee. You know, for for God's sake, let's say just one of the worst things that can happen is he blows out his knee. Okay. Shepard, uh, two attack of Aloha broke his hip. He had hip replacement. He got drafted number five. Okay, your your stock is not if he's that good. If they think that highly about you, your your draft pick is your draft stock is not going to dwindle that. That's a, that's that's a and, great example, Cam. Was 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 he healthy enough to play in the bowl game? I don't I don't even remember. But again, I wouldn't have drafted him in the five to begin with. If he if he was if he if he was if he was healthy enough to have played in that bowl game, should he have played after dislocating I mean, I, his hip? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have played. No, after dislocating your hip, absolutely not. That was too soon. It, it happened that season. No, absolutely not. That that that's too soon for him to come back from that. No. To answer your question, no. To answer your question, no. But Trevor Lawrence, with nothing's wrong with you, and you say that you have no injuries, you say I'm not going to play because I want to protect myself. I think that's BS. I think that's bogus. And again, I as somebody drafting, somebody would have to. Some other coach, some of my peers would have to say, "Yo, Cam, we we're looking at this wrong." I'm like, "Dude, he didn't want to play because of why?" I, and I'd ask if I'm drafting uh, Trevor, why didn't you want to play? Do you think? What do you think about your? What do you think your teammates have to say about that? 
And I had, we'd have to have that discussion. And I could and I could be off base, but I'm looking at it from a team player, somebody who has a passion for the game, somebody who's a tremendous team player, and then he turns around and does this. I'd be pissed off if I was one of those the 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 uh, guard, the right guard who may not get drafted in the NFL, the second string safety, the the linebacker who who's been you know, who has, uh, who's had shoulder surgery three months ago and toughed it out to make his way back to the, um, make his way back to the lineup. And now he, this might be his first game, or it's not going to be his first game, but it might be his second game back uh, from injury, recovering from the injury, and they have a chance to win the championship. And your, your, your best player is going to sit out because he wants to protect himself, quote, unquote. I, I, I don't like that. I don't and like Cam, that. And Cam, and Cam, and Cam. Just just to reiterate your point, if this was hoop, I would 100% agree with you because the risk of injury is so far less. You can get hurt in any play playing football, man. Yeah, any play. You can get hurt on an extra point. If you, you have positioned yourself to be a top five pick and you're telling me that because of all of these other people that are not as good as you and not as talented as you, that you're playing so that they can have some type of glory after things are over here? That's, that's, that's part of being that's a teammate. Misguided, man. That's misguided. That's part of being a teammate, bro. That's part of being a teammate. That, that really is. You it absolutely is. And they've, been, and they've been teammates and they've lifted you and uplifted you and got you to this point. Right. But now you he, want, he, but now you want me to sacrifice tens of millions of dollars. Because why again? So, so we can, you so can we put can that ring on. Team. So we can win as a fucking team. That's absolutely right. I'm not asking you to sacrifice anything. I'm asking you to be a teammate, the same teammate I've been to you. If this is hoop, if this is hoop, I I I would 100 percent agree with you. Football man. man. The, the way the high. way I think this is I think this is less of an argument than it should have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. The medical, the, the advance in medical, um, the advance in medicine hasn't been what it is. Darren King, he's going to be back playing football before the summer, before he'll be back enough for training camp, okay? Uh, hopefully he can get a medical red shirt and he can be back playing for the – So, uh, Cam, so Cam, so Cam, so Cam, do you feel betrayed that I won't risk top five pick for you? For teammates, Cleveland, if you choose, if you That's choose, yes or no to sit out, see, you're, you're making, you, you see, you're, you're adding all these different scenarios. No, I'm not. Do you feel betrayed if I if I will not risk a top five draft pick in the NFL draft for you? I'm clarifying my position. If we've been teammates for three seasons, and now that you have a chance to to end up being the top five draft pick of the league, and you say, and we have a championship on, we have a championship on the on the horizon, championship game on the horizon, and you say I'm not playing? Yes, I have a problem with that. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. I, I mean, I, I have a problem with that. Again, I, I don't know. That is, that is that in and of a nutshell is is perfect. And Cam, I do not get me wrong, man. I hundred percent respect you for your opinion and where you're coming from, for real, because 
it's from the heart, you mean it, and if half of those dudes out there mean as much as you, it would be a totally different experience. But you're asking something so unrealistic for someone to risk tens of millions of dollars that they don't have to. I disagree. I'm asking you to be the teammate that you've been. I'm at, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking. You but why? Why? Why are you asking? Nobody. Nobody comes there to do that. Our season, because they, our season isn't over. Our season is not over. Your that's season why. is over. We're going to a bowl game. It's a cherry on top of the pie, man. man and no one comes much. there. No one comes there for everybody else. They come there for themselves. Who wants? Who wants? It's become extremely selfish. You're speaking, you're, speaking, you're speaking from a teenage, uh, from a tennis player, bro. I am completely. How could you say that? But then all these players opt out. They don't. They don't and, have that same heart that you have. They don't have that same I, mindset. They all opt out because they're all they're all more concerned with themselves than what the team can do in a bowl game. Few, That's not an individual sport, adverse team sport mentality. That's a me. I am. I'm not a businessman. Oh. I'm a business man. Oh, it's different. It's. It's. It, I am going to be this. And if I get out there and do the Derrick King thing, man, I go from first to fourth round. Again, who somebody, wants to? Who wants to take that risk? Somebody, if they don't have you know, to. Somebody, somebody had a hip replacement and got drafted in top five. Okay, so that's clearly, clearly the injury, the injury risk versus what your projection is, isn't that great? That's what I say to that person. That's what I would say to to Trevor Lawrence, dude. Cam, the guy last that's year, that one guy, that one time. You already okay. know. If you're a running back and you have a hip replacement, you can fall from first to fourth real, real fast. That's the running back. Tell me, give me a player. Give me an example of when, of where that, where they got hurt and they're not playing. They didn't get drafted. Tell me, give me one. Give me an example. Can't give you a definitive example off the top of my head, Sam, but I can. Tell you what okay, the so you're, you're logic and the mentality is you're if you don't play happened. in the bowl game. You're, you're speculating on what might happen. I mean, you're specul- that's all you're doing is speculating on what No, no, no. The, the players are speculating as to what could happen and what is the difference between that worst-case scenario and just not playing at all. That's the decision that has to be made. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree, Cleveland. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it as I stated already. You would have a anybody would have a hard time explaining to me or convincing me to sit out. As I stated, Cleveland, um, and the true life story, true real life, real life story, bro. Um, when I broke my collarbone, I knew there was. It, it just felt odd. It felt like there was something wrong with it. Um, I got up. It happened in game on a specific play. Got up, ran to the sideline just because it didn't feel right. Got up, ran to the sideline, and the coach says, "Okay, Cameron, uh, we don't, we just, we don't need you for the rest of the game. Just sit down and be cool." I'm like, "No, no, no, I want to go back in the game." And I stop, start doing some jumper jacks. Hey, I'm good, I'm good. Start doing some jumper jacks right there on the sideline. Show the trainer I'm good. And did one, two, 
the third one, I think I actually fractured. That's what actually fractured the collarbone is when I did the third one. And, again, I was trying to get back in the game. This is high school. We got, our team was going to the playoffs. So I'm going – I'm playing. Again, that's a pure example. That's a, that, that was just to back up the point that somebody's going to have a tough time convincing me to go back in the game. Or for to not excuse me, somebody's gonna have a tough time convincing me not to play that game, and that's I think that's being a teammate. I I see that as being a teammate. I see that as me not not only do I want to get in there and play, but then I want to give my my team the best chance that we have at winning. That's that's my philosophy. For Ken, for Ken, and that's and that's and that's that's an awesome that's an that's an awesome perspective. But look at it this way, Cam. If you go back into that game, you will never get to the NFL. Shit, I didn't get to the or NFL. Cam, or Cam, if you go into that game, it will cost you $25 million. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's a, the risk-reward. If you get hurt, worst-case scenario. But, but you're talking about a situation where you're, you were already injured trying to do that. And that's when they're supposed to protect you from yourself. And when they don't, that's when fucked up shit happens. That's when you get that Sean Marion shit. Like, dude, your ACL is torn. You can't play. He went to 10 different doctors. So somebody said, uh, you might be able to play. First goddamn fucking game of the season. He took one step and fell down. Because nobody protected him from himself. Right. Yeah. These players are taking are taking the initiative. <laughs> like, ooh, I don't want that to happen to me. Or ooh, I did that in week four. I feel pretty good, but what if I'm not? What is the difference here? I mean, you make a good point. You make a good point. I'm telling you where I come from. Um, I, I think the, with, with what's on the line, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm not looking at what's, what's on the line. I just gave you an example. If we're speaking of Trevor, Trevor Lawrence specifically, a quarterback blew out his hip, and it, it had hip replacement, ended up getting drafted number five. The fall isn't that precipitous. It's not. It's not in 19. What is, we're in 2021 now. It's not 19 uh, or 2005 when we're still giving away $50 million contracts to the number one draft pick and the number five draft pick gets 10. We're not the, – the the price in the contract isn't that dramatic. So whether he went one, five, or ten, he's still slotted uh, – he's still getting a, a pretty hefty contract in the signing bonus. Um, do I think he should play? I think he should play. I think it, I think that's being a good teammate – um, I I do understand Nick Bo. Uh, even though I didn't agree with it, with Nick Bosa went out, he played three games and he got injured in the third game. Said I'm done. I'm like, dude, you're not even gonna try to come back. I mean, you, he went to Florida to start training for the for, for the draft. I'm like, you're not even gonna try to come back and and fight with your team. I mean, but Cam, how come? how come? How come? He was he, and, he and, and he's and he's no. He's a unique example. How come? Because he didn't want to risk injury again. I get that. No, I get it. No, 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 no. He had a brother 
that just went through it. And he knew it wasn't worth it. He was like, You're not gonna get enough you're not gonna get better enough. Yeah. Do it this way. I've been through this, man. You fuck around and twist your ankle and can't play for four games. Like, oh man. Oh, ain't help. Nah, nah, nah. You fought in the second, third round. Well, look, I, I mean, just, I just been through this, dude. Don't do this. Yeah, he had yeah. superlative advice, man. And now both of them. Are, what what, both can, them what are, can you gain from it? I mean, I can show you how to do everything that they were talking about with the top right. people that do it, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's a very unique situation. But, um, but if it was you, oh, man, my teammates need rings, man. My teammates might not make it, man. My teammates might not. Yeah, yeah. At I, the I Ohio State University, no, man. They churn them out. They're not yeah. even good to you, man. They're as good yeah. to you as you are to them, man. Well, I, 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 would, see, I, would, I would think that, in fact, I would know that the the guys that I was lifting weights with, the guys that I was running laps with, the guys that I was running heels with, were just as passionate as w- with the team as I was. I would know that. And if they weren't, I probably wouldn't have been there. Um, but that's that's me. I'm, I'm different like that. Um, that was my passion for the game. And, you know, unfortunately, it left me doing uh, this podcast with you. Um Nonetheless, nonetheless, Cleveland, I think we we can agree that I I'm right in this situation, and we can we can move on from there. Um, Cleveland, would you yeah. give a shout out? To, would you give a shout out to our Voice of the Fans Fantasy Football League champion? Shout out to Tony Samaniego. I've known Tony seven eight years. He's always been a fantasy football buff since we were working together at Flag Star Bank. Man, he just put it on us, man. That last uh, championship game was not close. It was never in question, man. Steamrolling. So, congrats to him. I can't wait to get back on the horse and uh, get back out there next year and do a little bit better, man. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, it's bittersweet. I, I snuck after a terrible start. I snuck into the playoffs and then got smacked around pretty quickly. It's bittersweet, man. We don't have the fantasy fantasy teams to look at every, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it crazy when all of a sudden <laughs> you get to that week and, like, the games, like, it just takes yeah. a whole other meeting? Like, it doesn't mean anything? You just kind of right, watch yeah. yeah, there's like, something. Like, entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's something missing now. There's something missing. I refuse yeah. for a bunch of years. Now there's now there's something missing when the fantasy is not on the table. Um, haven't haven't dipped my toe into the fantasy basketball arena as yet. I don't know that I am, but uh, um, definitely don't play fantasy baseball. That's that's stupid. But um, that's hard. You know the the NFL is going to be something missing. But nonetheless, we get we get good games now. We get games. We can pay attention all the way through now. So. Um, that that'll be entertaining um, as we as we go through this. So shout out to Tony, shout out to Voice of the Fans Fantasy Football League. Um, as I understand it, we may have a spot open for next season. Uh, get your get, get your bids in quick. Again, send Cleveland a, uh, 
a message on Twitter. Send me a message on Twitter if you really want to do in the league. And I want to leave it, um, leave a quote for the fans as we end 2021, or excuse me, as we end in 2020, looking ahead until 2021. If you want to make history, you have to do historic things. Historic things is giving it your all, man. Um, not pulling out when you when you have a chance. Not taking the easy route. You got to if you want to make history, you have to do historic things, and that comes from no other than Mr. Kobe Bryant. As you guys know, each week of our podcast, we've been giving quotes from Mr. Kobe Bryant since February and the tragic accident, and so this is another great one. If you want to make history, you have to do historic things. So I challenge each of you guys to think of a. Uh, something historic and get it done. Nothing else needs to be said, but get it done. Cleveland, I want to thank you for your participation in the podcast all year long. Um, I do remember somebody saying there's not enough content week in, week out to do our podcast. Cleveland, now how do you feel, baby? Oh, Cam, I mean, I was completely in the wrong with that. There's plenty to go around every weekend here. Plenty of content for you guys. So, again, Cleveland, thank you for your participation. Fans, please, as you listen to the show, before you click off, before you click out, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you think of the show. Again, this is our What Cleveland. We're going into nine years. We're completing nine years of doing a podcast. It was 2011 when I finally called you up and said, let's do this. And we're going into nine years of our podcast, man, and we only got some – not another nine, ten, fifteen years to go. We got some new additions that we're going to be making to the podcast here before too long. So stay on the lookout for that. Cleavon, wish you and your family a tremendous new year. Hopefully, you guys celebrate safely, but uh, be good for the new year. Celebrate funly, happily. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next year, fans. Thank you as always. So glad that we got through. Yes, yeah, so glad that we got through twenty twenty, man. Looking forward to a uh, prosperous 2021 camp. Let's make it happen. Likewise, sir. As always, fans, thank you for making our voice your choice. Hey, Marcel Smiley right here. Thank you for making our voice your choice. You know what I'm saying? Let me give me a beat, dog. Let me get something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.